Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. We hit the seas once more on a quest for adventure and set out to become the king of podcasts when we cover One Piece on Normies Like Us. This is a world of pirates. Draw that! I'm going to be king of the pirates. I want you to think of this like an artistic exercise. Free yourselves. Take to the seas. My treasure is yours to find. You heard it up top. We really are looking for treasure on this one because we're all just a bunch of pirates set in sail, hitting the seas, using our super magic abilities. That's right. Stretching, splitting. Doing all that great fun stuff because we're talking one piece here on Normies Like Us with your host, uh, Monkey D. Colin, of course. Oh, it's going to be Mikey D. Luffy. So oh. <laughs> you can be my grandfather. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 That works. <laughs> Mikey D. Garb. That's right. Mikey D. Garb. Sure. And this will be uh, Rora Jacob Zorro. Zorro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jacob Obviously. Zorro. Well, that, I guess Not Colin... Juggy the Clown. <laughs> oh, Juggy the Clown. That was first bachelor mm. party, I think. Um, That's... <laughs> but <laughs> so we're here talking One Piece, specifically kind of the Netflix wow. version of this. But Colin, you definitely are the uh, Monkey D. Luffy here because this is kind of something that you grew up with, and I kind of had no knowledge of this. So, kind of, what's the background on this uh, this pirating adventure show that obviously beloved by many, but just didn't cross my radar until the the live action came out. Yes, and I'm so glad we are going to be talking the live action because that is such a great entry point into this thing. Because here's the issue. We have almost done a One Piece episode, I want to say like three times, Mike, because every time we get a March Madness Mm -hmm. where each of our hosts gets to pick whatever they want to talk about, I always kind of like look at my little ducks in a row and go, is it time to talk about what I consider my favorite thing in pop culture? And honestly, wow. every time instead I go like Aladdin or something esoteric like 1998 or something else that I think is just a little easier to digest than what is considered, you know, truly universally one of the number one pop culture things of all time. It has a huge audience, but it is also so big, it is almost insurmountable. Um, mm-hmm. That's- so there's going to be a lot of background that I want to talk about. But yes, please. And I'm excited to talk about it, too, because go- going into this, I knew kind of nothing, not nothing. I knew who Luffy was. I knew about Nami and Zoro, like more or less, but I'd never seen wow. episodes. And like I knew it was like a thousand episodes plus. And a lot of my friends were fans of it, but we didn't have it, you know, in Midwest when I was growing up, you know, but ever since I've come out here, especially in the West Coast, like a, every like obviously it's probably a lot more accessible at that time to get it. So everybody here is fucking into it. So I've learned a lot through osmosis, but the show was my really first crack at like learning about these characters and their stories. So excited to talk about it because um, it is daunting. That's why I never got into it. The thousand episodes and I can talk about that when we get into it. But Jacob, do you ever one pieced? in your life uh before this uh how many pieces are you in right now yeah (laughs) i'm kind of like you where it's uh um you know i'm familiar with it i've seen some episodes and whatnot um for me like when i was in high school i feel like there was always that one weird kid that was really into one piece and um so i kind of stayed away from it based on that because there's just always that like there was like the kids that are into anime but then there was the 
extra weird kid that was like really into one piece and i feel like like that or naruto like just had a really big mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. kind of cult fan base uh mm-hmm. at least where i uh grew up but so i you know i was interested in it but um i didn't know too much about it but i do know like some of the characters like you said like i know luffy i know the straw hat pirates i know all that mm-hmm. uh, kind of stuff yeah so important what you just said for the entire discussion that we're going to be having today about this thing that came out in 1997 jacob we are all about the same age and mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is in the early 2000s and the late and in the late 90s anime was mm-hmm the least cool thing on the planet. Right. Maybe, maybe, because again, it was the harsh 90s. Maybe if you were gay, you were worse than a kid who liked anime, but it was close. Right. It truly was close and a terrible time in society. And it's so important to point out because, Jacob, I think it was one of those things that inherently in my bones and soul, to give my history of it, of this magazine coming to America called Shonen Jump, Mm-hmm. which was this huge entry point for Western people to take this collection of the most popular manga comic books in Japan ever mm-hmm. and go, Hey, young people, let's see if we can get you into this with this grab bag of Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, One Piece, Yu-Gi-Oh, right. which right. were the big things. And Jacob, the people who got their hands on that were the weird kids at lunch, dog. Yeah, it was a real stigma, right? Well, I feel like, you know, Dragon Ball a little bit cooler. Like, at least you could be like, yeah, I like it because they like fight and stuff. But like right. One Piece, it's all about like positivity and friendship and and, you know, all and, your crewmates getting along 90s, and stuff. Yeah, Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah. That's not cool. And the aesthetic, just the, the way the characters look and stuff, it kind of it's a little offbeat. So I can see how people be like. Oh, this is weird. Like it wasn't very mainstream, but but the the people that were fans of it were like really big fans of it, right? I will go yeah. further and say Jacob, the big eyes, the big eyes of mm. anime, the mm-hmm. cartoonish smiles, what you said, the silly positive energy. The fact that it was a cartoon and you would have to say to your parents, "Hey, like my older brother did, which was my entry point. He requested Shonen Jump for Christmas the year it came out, 1997, wow. and said, Mom, Dad, I want you to get me this comic book collection of basically children's cartoons, you know, things aimed at young Asian boys. That was a super hard sell in 1997, Doc. And honestly, it causes a little distance where me growing up to peer pressure, I was like, I want nothing to do with this. Yeah, there was kind of a stigma against it, even like being into like Pokemon in high school. Yes. I felt like by that 100%. time, like middle school, it was cool. Everyone had the card and stuff. And right. then like by high school, it was like not cool to be into Pokemon. Yes. But um, I mean, for me, it was like in the early 2000s, getting into like, like seeing Cowboy Bebop on Toonami mm-hmm. on Cartoon mm-hmm. Network, right? They would air that. And that was kind of my introduction to anime that I was kind of more into because I was like, oh, this is sick, like sci-fi, future like I mm-hmm. love the the art style and everything, uh, and then you know getting into um, things based on that. But like One Piece was just something that I kind of stayed away from. I think mainly due to the aesthetic. Like I didn't totally yep. vibe with the aesthetic of the art and that kind and the characters. Um, but I didn't know that much about it. And like actually, the character writing is maybe its strength. But we'll talk about that. So interesting, yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting. I think Toonami, especially kind of being from the Midwest area. Yes. Like, you know, we we there's not a lot of import happening. It's coming from the West Coast, and then 
getting traded at, you know, trade shows until it somehow gets to the Midwest. Like the, the pipeline for getting fresh anime. So a lot yeah, of people, I was not getting shown in right. like Colin was. No, certainly right. not. You have but to seek I, it out. I ask, I ask you guys now, though, as as this this trigger point in time, that's where we were. That was the anchor. We're in 2023 now. Yes, Mike. We're talking about where people are arguing, is this the best adaptation, a live action adaptation of an anime? You have people who say flat out, you have Jacob basketball players who are like, I'll talk your ear off about anime. Anime is the coolest thing on the planet. Yes. Up, a lot Garrett, of well, NFL players like, you know, yeah. Jamal Williams likes anime. A lot of uh, autograph anime. Yeah. A lot of athletes were really into Dragon Ball Z specifically, too, because I think a lot of athletes that are, are in their 20s and stuff now grew up watching that and they did have a little more access once it started getting popular in the 2000s and into the 2010s and now it's kids don't know how good they have it where netflix has gone like all in on anime you can watch so many different shows just directly from netflix you don't even need Crunchyroll or anything jacob my yeah, right. neighbor michael hines would import he wouldn't buy them he would request at suncoast video mm-hmm. who had a deal to import these things yeah the uncut versions of dbz tapes that had the blood in it dog right Do you know how yeah, much right. how expensive that was how hard that was to do how to get right. these things yes now a kid at 2 a.m after he finally does his homework hits his vape pen turns on the yeah. craziest anime on netflix you've ever seen or watches something like Adventure Time, modern yeah. Western cartoons, which are extremely anime influenced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Western, Western, more adult cartoons have really caught up too with like even Rick and Morty and that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting, like everyone in their 20s and 30s now can admit that they're anime fans because it's cool now. It's part of pop culture. But like, you know, they grew nice up, to in, you know, in, in the 90s and in 2000, um, secretly maybe watching Dragon Ball Z and, and not telling their friends about it. Now they can admit it. Right. Here's yeah. the thing, Jacob. This episode in particular is a celebration to people like my brother who were out loud and proud, who were saying, no, in fact, I do like this at a time where I kid you not. I watch kids get their ass kicked every day for busting <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh cards out. Yeah, it was yeah. what it was. Sadly and now you have that. anime cons where they can't even – it's so packed that they can't even fit the crowds in. I, I don't think yes. it was like that in the 90s. No, right, right. Not Different even times. Close. But yeah, the, the distribution access, you know, we got what you got on Toonami. And like it, One Piece didn't even run until 2005. So we're like graduating no. high school. So like we got yes. yeah, Dragon Ball, Cabo Bebop, Gundam Wing. but And yeah. those were – just my final part of my history to say mm-hmm. truly how I got into it. That was my entry point, Mike, of I would watch Dragon Ball with my brother when we got home from school when we were younger. Mm-hmm. That's what influenced him to request this catalog of comic books. My parents were divorced. Car rides truly were my life. Like every every day was you're going to this person's house, mm-hmm. this person's picking up, we're trading you with this person. True. Truly nonstop. So when I would bring my Bill Amon Foxtrot books, Jacob, yes. which is something I was a little more into, I would burn through those. And then if my brother was using his Game Boy, but maybe still had his Shonen Jump there, I would say, okay, pass that over. Can I read that? And to see, sure. oh, Goku, I know this guy. This is someone I can anchor. Oh, what's this next story? I'll try something new. That is how I found One Piece. And wow. I will, I will just say I was... How old in 1997? I'm 34 now. I was born in 1989. How, how old does that mm, make me? Eight years old. You were probably eight. I was eight seven. years. Yeah. Okay. Eight yeah. or seven, something like that. 
I, I have read it once a week for the rest of my life, and I am 34 wow. years old. Wow. And it is something I have never missed or not checked in on. It's something I absolutely adore and absolutely love. And again, the idea that Netflix made a live action series of it. And now people in my life say things like, well, Colin, that one piece thing, you like that. What is that? I'm starting to see this now. I mm-hmm. could not be more excited. So thank that you for all going on this road with us. Yeah. And Absolutely. I just want to say like you being into the manga is interesting because I've heard good things specifically about the manga and even better than the anime adaptation, like true, like true hardcore fans really like the manga and say it's, it's really good. You know, when mm-hmm. I I was in those car rides as a kid, I was not even aware of like that world of manga and such. So I was I was you know into traditional Western comic books, or not even comic books, but comics like comic uh, strips, Foxtrot, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, and yeah. Calvin and Hobbes were my uh, my go tos. Yeah, so right. God, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I am too, actually, because it is one of the like biggest properties in media somehow it was a cultural blind spot for me even though i was into anime and you know now we have a show here that i think is um introducing a lot of people to this property then and you know it doesn't stop there i think i may have had more than one piece of this pie and we can probably wow. jump into that when we go to talk about the live action perhaps right after this <laughs> yeah but before that gomu gomu podcast We're back here on Normies Like Us. We're riding on the Mary Go, our ship, and hitting the open seas. That's right. It's dangerous. We're taking mm-hmm. up this pirating lifestyle because we're talking one piece here on Normies Like Us. The Japanese adventure phenomenon manga that is about a young man named Monkey D. Luffy who sets out to become king of the pirates in a sort of fictional world inspired by our own pirating age, you could say. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting world. We kind of knew going in, you know, that the, it's a pirate thing. The ships are very well known, I think just in pop culture. So it's this interesting uh, world they've created. And, um, yes, Netflix has, you know, brought it to life. We mentioned a lot of people, even the fans are saying, this is probably the best adaptation. We've been through a death note. We've been through a Cabo bebop. They were a little rough. Well, death note was very rough. Bebop was somewhat rough at the end, but really this thing for a lot of fans say it's pretty solid. Like, so Colin, do we have a little bit of background of how this came to be or? Well, I'll tell you, yeah, Mike, it might be the reasoning behind it being so rock solid is the involvement of the creator. We have Etro Oda, Oda-san, uh, who is the creator of One Piece. He's what you call the mangaka. Now, that means you're not just necessarily the artist or the author. You are combined to create fully, you know, everything realized about this thing. Uh, a black and white shonen comic book, which uh, is, of course, again, aimed at uh, teenage males is essentially what the title shonen implies there. Yeah, to turn like coming of age, lighthearted friendship story like naruto would be a shonen right this is too yes. you know that's probably the two most famous ones i'd say and opposed to what is the is it jonin what is berserk what was saying oh, that's saying that? is a little more edgier yeah. uh not that no no, no. that's how well, i got Colin, started I ninja scroll so i missed a little bit of shonen mm, action yeah so we're here oh, for sure. it. Ninja <laughs> i had older cousins okay they were getting the tape yeah. i was in the living room anyway normies if you remember you know back in the beginning of this year, we were doing a watch and I was talking about, I was getting into, I was looking for a show to get into and along, and I was like, let me 
see if there's like a long running anime, maybe like a shonen anime that I can get into. I was looking on Netflix mm-hmm. and I looked into One Piece, ultimately decided on another shonen, which is Hunter Hunter, Hunter uh, X yes. Hunter for you uh, big three. casuals, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> but I think Hunter Hunter has a lot of similarities with, uh, you know, Naruto and uh, uh, One Piece, just in, you know, Shonen can be sort of formulaic in the in the base of it, but then you know yes. what you do with that formula that that counts. But um, mm-hmm. so I got into another long ranging, uh, long running Shonen show, but One Hunter, Piece was Hunter. under consideration. Yeah, well, yeah. Hunter Hunter would end up, of course, being published in Shonen Jump. Before that, um, Yu Yu Hakusho, which was that creator's book, was a long time right. companion yes. piece to One Piece. And again, I do have to say, most of these creators, these mangaka really are inspired by Akira Toriyama, who is the creator of Dragon Ball, who did... Right. I I mean, Dragon Ball just sort of changed Japan's storytelling, Mm -hmm. where people were like, oh, wow, you can take all the myths of the journey to the West and all this stuff and apply it in a modern way, add androids, um, you know, super beams and aliens and wishing stones, Mm -hmm. all things that really kind of are in one piece as well kind of it turns out so right there's certainly genres and trappings you could even yeah, draw a star yeah. wars line to some of this too yes to degree. crossing the threshold and it's developed this thing. over the years in a very japanese way as opposed to you know western storytelling so there's a lot of differences yes. there um and how they evolved over time so i think that's interesting i do want to say that the mangaka of hunter hunter who also did yu yu Hakushu, is also married to the creator of sailor moon of course so oh like that's right all-star couple. imagine yeah. those children the imagine oh. the pressure those children have <laughs> right well, certainly gonna like datai bio believe it like i i'm sure they will <laughs> <laughs> you know be the most shonen of children Luffy yeah. really doesn't have a Databayo uh, style catchphrase outside no. of "I will be the king of pirates," which right. is, is not as catchy. I will say it's, no. it's kind of his his general spirit, I guess. Yes. But he doesn't have a catchphrase. But he certainly is extremely memorable. Now that I've gotten into you know, it's starting with the Netflix show. So, um, well, yeah. I also just wanted to say, so obviously. This is good time to do this subject because it's about pirates. And as I said, uh, it's pirate season now. Arg. Here's the thing. Yeah. (laughs) We're deep, deep into pirate season on this podcast. I don't know if this is the first thing we talk about that. We have another thing coming out next week. Right. We're doing Uh, another timeline wise. You might not be (laughs) able to find it on a map. You could say we're using the time devil fruit. We're flying around here, but, (laughs) um, let me just put on record here to mm-hmm. ask you guys, because I will say the appeal necessarily of this, and when I say it's my favorite thing of pop culture all time, like, not because it has pirates in it. Do you guys, like, Jacob, do you like pirates? Or I do pirating? like pirates. Okay. <laughs> I like, here's the thing. You translate yeah. pirates to, like, a space setting, and now you're talking bounty hunters, you know? So you okay. got space bounty hunters. You got bounty hunters in pirate world, obviously. But I like the world building of it where... Um, it's just this world that's based around piracy, basically. It's all, mm-hmm. it's a naval, uh, seafaring that. world. You know, there's just a bunch of islands and whatnot. And it's all connected yeah. by this giant sea. And you have all these different, like, themed pirates. Like, you have the, the clown pirates and the chef pirates. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know what? I like the world building. I think it's different than what, obviously, a lot of animes do. So, I, I admire the creativity of it all. And Mike, yeah. how about your, your love of the sea? <laughs> Well, you know, I, I think pirates got kind of played out 
at a certain point. Mm. They were very cool for a while. But Again, uh, this is I, 1997, Mike. <laughs> no, this is before that. This is before they got played out. But I didn't get into yes. this. So I think generally, I think pirates are neat. They're, but you could say okay. they got they were played out through like the 70s and 80s in, in uh, Hollywood, mm-hmm. where there was a which we will talk about, of mm-hmm. course, maybe in a couple months. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you think about it, pirates are not like I'm into anything that has a captain and a ship, basically. So it's okay, not that gotcha. far from like sure. Star Trek. Uh, spaceships. Well, not all Orions are pirates. Yeah, we must, well, we've right. already that's done pirating. Thing, though, like, that's true. They're not. <laughs> some and of them are. <laughs> some pirates are good pirates. Some pirates are bad pirates. Yeah. Some law enforcement are good. Some are bad is sort of the journey we take with this. But before we dive in, the last yes. thing I want to point out about this this story in particular and what I appreciate about it, I guess, to, mm-hmm. to give my final sell on this whole thing. Okay. Um. Etra Oda, like we said, because Jacob, you pointed out, you said, whoa, you know, it's even like the manga. You know, I, I hear big things about that to like that in particular. Let mm-hmm. me give the sell of that because I really don't consume the anime, which is a, a much wow. easier thing to get through. Um, and really the thing that put it on the map when it became a cartoon, it truly did become the phenomenon that it is today. The anime is why it is so popular as it is. Right. Uh, but in particular to shout out the manga, which... Manga is a black and white format. It is that way because it comes out weekly. Western comic books. We just did a what you recently where I pitched a ton of Western comic books. Mm-hmm. Those are often monthly because they're right. these big, fat, colored, you know, mm-hmm. there's 15 ads for fucking cigarette companies and all this shit. <laughs> right. and you're just like, <laughs> wow, this is insane. And they cost you $5 or whatever. Right. Now, again, manga and in this particular format which um is either published in this sort of collection or these bound smaller chapter books that you can buy of individual arcs right Mm -hmm. uh is relatively a lot cheaper really and and japan has an incredible recycling system so it's what keeps them cheap as well yeah it's easier Um, easy to mass produce when it's not when it's black and white not color yes um keeps costs down just generally printing but yeah that's great to hear about the recycling i hadn't thought about that because you know, manga's huge over there. It's big here too, but you know, you're on a train, it's, you want a book. And you have one man making it, Achira Oda, who has the Mark Wahlberg sleep schedule that we'll be talking about in a little bit here next episode, maybe. Yeah. But he has okay. it outlined where he sleeps two hours a day, I believe. And he sees his wow. children on the weekends, I believe, <laughs> because he is the, again, sole force behind what is the Guinness World Book record holder for the longest single story ever published. Wow. Now, when you go, Colin, what are you talking about? When I go to my comic book store and they say they have Captain America issue 2000, isn't that more issues than a 1000 and I think like 664 or whatever one piece is currently up to? Right. uh, Isn't that more than that? Yes and no, because what they're doing is... Captain America will get canceled after 10 issues. It will right. relaunch and start a new version called All New Captain America that will run for 20 issues. They will then realize, hey, it's the 50th anniversary of Timely Comics, that thing Captain America came from. Technically, since he appeared in that first one, we could say this is the 2000th issue of Captain America. And you go like, oh, okay, well, it's bullshit then. Right. right. None of that is real. One Piece is one piece it is one continuous story (laughs) written by one madman who writes in a style to just give one last plug for it and why i think it's so important to read 
Hmm. Here's how crazy I am. I look at her what are called spoilers. Spoilers are the first reactions released of every chapter of One Piece. Mm -hmm. Those come out two days into the weekday. By the fourth weekday, you get what are called scans. Scans are the first released pictures of what's going to be the new One Piece chapter. Mm -hmm. The next day you get scanlations. That is translated you know, characters yep. inside these scans of the One Piece pages so that you can see them. Then you get the unofficial release by the end of the week. Three days later, you get the official Shonen Jump release with the actual translation of what uh, Achira Oda intended for all the words to say and mean westernized in, in a right. way in English that I can read because obviously I do not read Japanese. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you say, Colin. <laughs> Why put so much effort into that? Well, it is important because Achira Oda-san, Oda-san, as a storyteller, mm -hmm. is the most important storyteller of all time and in my life. He wow. is essentially writing the Bible. He is writing an epic the size of the Bible that has all these intricate character details, all these payoffs that are thousands of issues apart, which translate to me in my life – Decades apart sometimes, guys. Sometimes right. he will give a conclusion to an answer of something that I first read when I was 10 or 11 years old. Okay? Yeah. Like, is that yeah. understood? Um, and the way that he does that, using Japanese kanji, which kanji are the characters with which you write out sentences in Japanese. Mm -hmm. The incredible thing about Japanese kanji is the characters that they're next to influence the words that they create. It mm -hmm. almost creates what I want to call puns, although pun would imply that they're funny and not genius, intricate storytelling that is so delayed and so detailed. You get payoffs, like I said, for things that are 10 years apart, yeah. where a character can say something like, this is the calm before the storm. And five years later, you meet a character whose devil fruit means calm, calm fruit. But the kanji with which it's literally written out, it means the calm before the storm. And you realize wow. this guy got his entire gimmick from this Sheesh. guy. That is and it is. And you say like, well, so what? That's So he's just paying off little things he wrote earlier. Again, the level of detail with which he's telling the story, and not to spoil something for you guys, but the mm -hmm. content of the story itself and the way with which it resonates me – Whatever happens in this small world that we saw of what's adapted in the live-action uh, uh, Netflix show, mm -hmm. um, what the story ends up being about is truly this, like, fascism, uh, you know, ruling the world, and, like, all of us are slaves to these systems that we can't escape, and you right. have to dream, you have to have a dream, you have to chase your dream, and to live it is so important. Like, that has resonated mm -hmm. with me. I kid you not. My whole life. And it's, it's again, I just wanted to say that all to say. That's great. This is the most important work That's of all time. And great. I demand you all treat it with the same level of respect. That's well, why we say Oda-san. We put yeah. respect on his yeah. name. Yes. You know? I think that's yeah. – yeah, and it's actually impressive. You know, you're talking about like comparing it to Western comics and stuff, but even to compare it to, again – George R. R. Martin is the big one I think about, Jacob. Oh, sure. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, not to compare everything to Hunter Hunter, the one that sure. I know better, but I am going to. So, mm -hmm. uh, but that manga has been running semi continuously since it started, but there's been a long hiatus because that's also done by a single creator. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and he's had to take you know health breaks sometimes yes. because he's had health problems. Um, Oda takes so, all the time. He is basically killing himself with his sleeping yeah. schedule. So so, so Hunter Hunter will just go on hiatus for like years at a time. But it's technically been running some like it's never been canceled. But um, so to have you know to for One Piece to be continuously going for that amount of years is very impressive. And um, Hunter Hunter also will pay off things like. Um, you know, like who Goen's dad is and stuff like that, like 10 years from when it was introduced. So right. I think that's something that manga, like long running mangas is just really impressive where they're calling back. Slow and like burn. you said, George R. R. Martin, um, think you know, of, planned think out truly, so much ahead of time. But yeah. He mm-hmm. did, but Jacob, I really want you to compare it to the Western context because I think he is the person you go. Oda-san does not sleep. He tells this continuous story. And yes, I don't know what one piece is or means still. And I have been reading this for over 20 years of my life. I want you guys to understand that. And when my brother gets frustrated and stops reading one piece when he's in his 20s, he goes, why would you continue? You're never going to get an answer. There is a difference between this versus George R. R. Martin, where I think you really are never going to get a satisfying answer for that man's well, work because the ethic and you know all of mm-hmm. that, it's just all tied up with this other stuff. Whereas Otisan, it's so different. It To him, he is just truly seeing the forest for the trees where he's like, well, of course, uh, hundreds of people will die before this story's done. You know, like, yes, your lives will like come to an end. And that's not up to me. It's just like, I got to tell this story, man. And wow. you're like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wild. That's crazy. No. But um, I, I, you know, again, this is something that's resonating with people. You know, this this show. But you know, we'll get into it. But I just will have to say up top here, like I was really impressed with it. I immediately fell in love with these characters that I had never known really deeply. Like, and understanding the kind of the character motivations and that message of like dreaming. You know, I can get cynical, and I'm like, damn, Luffy, I should fucking not yeah. be so down all the time. Like I, that was resonating. It was, there was some emotional moments, and then I was so into it. That I started the anime, but then the anime was too intimidating. Wow. I watched up to Arlung Park, and then someone told me about One Pace, which is uh, hey. people who make a more condensed version. They cut out forty five percent of it, so there's no filler, and they'll take the some of those things that happen ten years. Becomes. Yeah, and they'll also yeah, if there's a ten year old reveal that makes sense to introduce earlier, they'll they'll tie that in. It's been very great. So I've watched Arlong Park arc in three different ways. Live action, wow. regular anime, and One Pace, just to see what it's about. But uh uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in love with this world now. So that's just to yeah, say wow. that's how much the anime inspired well, me to continue down the journey. Here's what I want to say. So mm-hmm. you mentioned, um, you know, obviously Cowboy Bebop, uh, Death Note. Mm-hmm. These live action uh, adaptations have not had the best reputation, especially coming from Netflix, who did both of those. Now, I still haven't watched Cowboy Bebop yet. Not not because I have anything against it, just because I just never got around to it, and mm-hmm. maybe I will check it out at some point. But it obviously did not get the same reaction that One Piece got upon release. And I think the fact that once I I was reading online, you know, fans of the show, the anime, um, generally reacting pretty positively to this, and I was like, that's surprising because the the really hardcore Cowboy Bebop fans online like hated that adaptation. Mm-hmm. Like you guys yeah. said, it wasn't that bad, like until the end, right? But, right. Um, and I, I know Cowboy Bebop, the anime, a lot better than One Piece, obviously. So, and, you know, it's a 26 episodes, one season. Like, yeah. that's kind of why I like it. The, it's the brevity and it's this 
this finished piece that's like a that's like a work of art you know like it's, mm-hmm. it's so condensed it's there's no filler um so maybe that's a little harder to do but the fact that they pulled this off and everyone seems to like either think it's pretty good or loves it um mm-hmm. i mean that's a huge success for for netflix and i think for one thing it all comes down to the casting because i thought the casting was great across the board but especially this kid that they get to play luffy like if you mess that up like the whole not, like the whole thing doesn't work if you don't mm-hmm. if you get a bad actor or someone who can't do luffy right like the whole thing falls apart so i got to hand it to to this kid um yeah we have his name i got to look it up Inaki but uh, good yeah. Boy. let's yeah yes. let's your cast here cuz that is really important and all these characters have different like nationalities, I guess, in the manga and the anime. So they were you kind know, of casting with that in mind, from what I understand. Uh, like, yeah, I yeah, so Oda-san does these things um, at the end of sort of the, the biannual or maybe even quarterly or something like that. He does these things called SBSs at the back of the books where he will answer fans' questions. And I mean, right. again, going since 1997, fans have written some questions and they mm-hmm. have gotten down to like, who farts the most on the ship? And he's like, well, you <laughs> know, here's the answer. Like, Great question. The worst. Right. Um, and, uh, sorry, go ahead. To, to saying like the, to what, if it was the real world, what would the nationalities of these people be? And I believe he right. said Luffy would be Brazilian. Sanji mm. would be French. You know, he threw these things out where they didn't even necessarily go with them. Inaki Godoy, I believe is a, a Mexican American man, but, uh, mm. I, Jacob, I couldn't agree with you more. The casting is phenomenal across the board on this thing. I think it's really yeah. where it works. Yep. They really the nailed it. Not only great. yeah, not only the look of the characters, but all the actors really nail kind of the personification of these characters. And I think like Zoro's great, Nami's great, like they're all great. Actually, by the way, did you know fun fact, uh Zoro, the guy who plays Zoro, McKenyu is mm-hmm. Sonny Chiba's son. Did is I didn't know that. Room? Yeah. Sonny wow. Chiba, who sadly passed away from COVID, I think a couple years ago. Right. Yo, Sonny um, Chiba, of course, legend. Yes. yes. He, well, he was the Street Fighter Mike. I mean, he yeah. was yes. the martial arts legend, legend of cinema. GI Samurai. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of McKenyu. Uh, I, I I have dove into his work because honestly, I think he's the kid who maybe read the book the most because his posing down for Zoro is oh, yeah, every he scene. It. He's like yeah. literally pulling him from the page. But I looked it up. He plays. Scar in the Netflix, another anime live action adaptation of Full Metal Alchemist. Mm. Oh, okay. And he also plays Saint Sayu in the Zodiac Knights movie that Knights just came out. So a lot oh, of yeah. adapted anime stuff. Good right. For him. Yeah, nice. I was looking into it. I see he has somewhat of a, like, he's somewhat of a, not a, maybe a huge star, but somewhat of a star in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been in a lot well, of you know, I Japanese thought he was language amazing. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he nailed his personality. Um, I thought, you know, the main, the crew was all great. Um, you know, Sanji, they nailed his, his kind Skylar of, his, yeah, mm-hmm. so they're all, they're all good. It. I don't think there's a weak link. I and think even, Emily Rudd as Nami is maybe the best performance for me. I don't know about yeah. you guys. There's yeah, a lot she's of very nuance, nuance with her too. Arc. Yeah, She totally. has to do a lot of subtle work, especially being more familiar now with these arcs, having seen them three times. And I am really impressed with what she's able to do. And there's a key moments yeah. to the anime and stuff and i guess we'll probably we're gonna and, end up spoiling scenes from this this is the intro right. arc it's eight episodes go watch it we're telling you we love it you know go yeah. do that and come back but and i think the ensemble carries it yeah i think yes. usopp may be the least fleshed out this season as characters like this is the other thing i like the pacing of the story and maybe mike you know from having yeah. watched the anime 
the way they kind of pace it with the backstories kind of slowly coming out over the season of each of these characters, I thought that really added to it. Like they all had young versions of themselves. You see where kind of each character came mm-hmm. from and how they started. Um, I think Usos was the least fleshed out this season. Maybe he'll get more fleshed out in another I season. With that. Yeah, I would also fair, say that Sanji's was... child actor was the best child actor. Sanji's child yeah, actor. Yeah, he was the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, so I watched the, the, the one pace and they're doing that a yeah. lot too. In the, the original run of the show, when I watched it, there's not as much of the flashbacks coming in. Cause I don't think these came to later. Not always. So in the one pace, we're getting the flat. It feels more like watching right. a Netflix. So they're kind of reorganizing getting... it yeah. to make it fit a eight episode yes. season better and make the story yeah. fit that. And these arcs are, you know, I'm on like episode 70 and I'm still at the Arlong Park. Like, you know, we we just got the hat filler. So, 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 well, this is the no filler version, but it's like they stretch the arcs out. But I think for an introduction, as uh, Colin was alluding to, this is the best way to get somebody into the world of One Piece because it's eight episodes that are kind of the core arcs. And then you just get more of that. So great, great pacing, I think, too. And just to say my initial reaction I a lot like you, Mike. I thought it was great, and like like I said, I was very skeptical up front. I was not planning to watch. You said you show. weren't. Yeah, you said you were not going to watch it. Yeah, I had no intention to watch it. Just like I didn't watch Cowboy Bebop, but then seeing the reaction, and obviously knowing that we're going to do this, Colin, you convinced me to watch it, and uh, I actually watched. So I watched the first episode of Ahsoka, another show that came out, started right, right. airing around the same a time. Bit of a watch so I watched. Chat. We kind of mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about. Right. Maybe. So I watched the first episode of Soka. Kind of was zoning in and out of of caring, just because I'm not a Rebels guy. I'm not a, really a Clone Wars much of a guy. So I was like, I don't know. These characters, they're just not selling it for me. Like, I'm not getting invested in this first episode. That's all I've seen so far. I'll, I'll keep watching it, obviously. But after that, I put on the first episode of One Piece. And the comparison there was just like, it just blew me away how much it sucked me into these characters, invested me in them in this world. And I was like immediately hooked after that first episode. Wow. And I thought it did a great job of like hooking you into this world. And both are large commitments of time if you wanted to get more familiar. But one thing is doing a much better job of introducing the unfamiliar to these characters. It's clearly a superior intro to like fringe media and i knew very little about the ahsoka characters and i knew very little about one piece and yet Mm -hmm. one of those got me much more invested in wanting to come back and see more so yeah great job hooking and great job with the casting because again yeah that kid nails it uh Mm -hmm. and godoy and Mm -hmm. his he really nails the the enthusiasm the optimism of luffy and i was like man this kid like i love this guy this guy yeah yeah, no, I'm character that can be really annoying. He's very aloof, Luffy. Mm-hmm. He's uh-huh. very um, absent-minded. He really just really does represent the drive uh, of your passion and your dreams. As the show goes on, he gets fleshed out a lot more to have more openness and love for his crewmates. They built that up pretty early and let Inaki like sort of act that out more. Sure. Thought that was a great change. Yeah, and yeah. Again, not just the casting. Like we're going to get in the episodes probably right after we gush about everything real quick. But sure. the the costume design, the choreography, the the cinematography, the music, like the sets, like everything about this, the special effects, makeup, like because there's some goofy a stuff of- in the anime, and they are really realizing it in, in yeah. a great and fantastical way. It still feels like the anime, like energy, right? Just grounded enough, but still kind of well, otherworldly. Was- I just can't believe, yeah. It. That's what also I was the other thing I was skeptical about is like, how are they going to translate this to live action? Like, I still believe truly that 
some things are just better and anim- like animation can do things that live action can 100% and you can try your best to adapt it but it's always going to be better in animation certain things but i was like how are they going to do this you know you have different weird body proportions you know fishmen all kinds of weird stuff i was like how Rubber are they powers, going to we got yeah. a clown that's body flies apart how are we going to do this right. a guy on a unicycle beyond, a flying so reindeer man thing beyond yeah. that cuz yeah. this is a silly world where mm-hmm. truly anything can happen where Oda is truly inspired by anybody where you can go, oh, these two characters are uh, Vincent and Julian from Pulp Fiction. Like literally you're just like making them those two characters and that character's a talking lion. Like you're like, okay, that is the dichotomy we're dealing with. Now you guys are harping on like the effects, the the practical stuff, building ships, putting on that prosthetic makeup. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I want to shout out and what I cannot believe is you imagine somebody like Jeff Ward, who plays Buggy the Clown in this. And we'll, mm-hmm. again, we'll get through it. We'll get to this point. Yep. But giving a speech to a room full of people in makeup where he has to say, You stole my map, which I'm going to use to go to the Grand Line so I can get the one piece. And he's saying it with a fucking straight face. He's acting it. He does not seem embarrassed by anything he's doing. It takes me back to the thing I wanted to start out saying in this podcast about this material is that the earnestness, and commitment that these people have to being in this goofy world is why I at home and going like, oh, thank God it's working. Oh, my God. It's like yeah. it's actually working. Mm-hmm. And they clearly mm-hmm. wanted to do it justice. And we've yes. seen so many adaptations where they're like, well, if we just change all these things that makes it unique, then maybe people like like the Dragon Ball movie and like all oh, these movies baby. that we got in like the 2000s were like, yes, mm-hmm. if we just, you know, if we just make it more westernized for mainstream audiences, people will like it. Well, Goku wants to drive a motorcycle and date a girl. That's what we right. all know about yeah. Goku. And you're like, wow, that's that's what you're we're starting it. with. I don't even want yeah. to be on okay. Earth. <laughs> Yeah, right, but no, right. they completely buy into the world and the look of this show and they did their best to adapt it to live action. I think they, it is the most successful live action adaptation that I've seen anyways. Just as a product, I think the earnestness with which it's all being approached from every angle. You see the cast, they seem to be having so much fun, you know, portraying these characters. Sanji did cooking school and doing capoeira. Everybody's <laughs> doing combat training. It's yeah. Like Zoro had a custom sword made that he could actually hold in his mouth. Like all this crazy they're stuff. Stay, they're Mike, in the writing, they're figuring out stuff where yeah. it's like, look, like Uro's super speed is going to like, look how it is. Cause that's so anime. And let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. A lot of these characters are going to get super speed at a certain point. Buckle up. That effect is going to be used a lot. Great. Sure. Then you've got <laughs> other things where it's like, okay, every one of these fights, every two seconds, they say the moves they're doing. What can we do? What can we do? Okay. How about this? Luffy says, all the best fighters shout out their finishing move. And we're mm-hmm. getting like one per episode and that's it. And you go, Colin, that is kind of a compromise. But to Jacob, to what you said about it, like, it's not embarrassed. It's like, it's finding those compromises in that stuff to not just be anime influenced, but to do this tight rock they this tightrope walk they have to do to be like, we are live action. We are adapting something, though. Yeah. yeah. And I'd like Sanji um, even being like, he does this finishing move and he says all the best. But like he reiterates I, it. It's I, like, you know, just, next season, he's going to say it and somebody's <laughs> yeah. going to hear him and he's going to be so mad about it. Uh-huh. But like right. Luffy doing that fits his character yeah. so well because yes, he just has does. this kind of childlike naivete about things. Mm-hmm. But he also 
he's just he's very inspiring because he believes in you so hard that you just end up believing in yourself. Yes. That's kind of what I love about him is that yes. he believes in these characters when they don't even believe in themselves. And he's yes. like the ultimate supporting character of just being like, you're part of my crew. Like, I believe in you, like, no matter what. If you're on this ship, your dream is on this ship, and I will protect you. Yeah. In a Dragon Ball or in a Naruto, these fights end, and people very often either kill each other, or they're just like, and that was it, and I won. The whole point of fights in One Piece are battles of willpower, where it is my dream stacked against your dream, whose Mm -hmm. will come out. And I'll say the other thing. What I like about it is Luffy loses all the time it is not this like chosen one hero story Mm -hmm. if you read this thing and go with it you will see this loss of steam or one person being rallied around by their crew where they're like no we believe in this guy or believe it or not let me say something that's Mm -hmm. kind of a big spoiler but buggy might be the guy closest to winning this thing and where i'm at at this moment so as a guy well i know like gets through shit like yeah I, i'm all in on buggies so. yeah that's great he did uh, and i know these uh, on me. <laughs> these characters go through these kind of long arcs where they really do yeah. change over time and yes, i know even a little bit about like kobe and yes. uh helmetbo even like yes. have a lot of character growth and are like mm-hmm. totally different characters like years down the line like kobe changes as a character a lot and stuff yes learning under garp and whatnot but um yeah, two things I wanted to say just before we jump into the episode. Yeah, please. And whatnot. I'm so um, happy, guys. Can I just me say too, that? Me too, man. Go right ahead, man. It's just like one <laughs> thing about the show and maybe why part of why it, it works so well is because um, I did read that Oda-san has sort of a creative control where if there's anything he doesn't like, he can kind of veto it and say, Kill mm, power. I don't like that. And that is a really smart idea because you're because obviously he's the creator. He knows what it should be like so getting mm-hmm. the, his opinion is a smart thing to do um and the other thing i just want to say is the the fight choreography and uh the camera work during the fights i thought was excellent and mm-hmm. like even like from the first episode every fight that they got in i was like this is awesome the camera's moving all around excellent choreography like i said like it just all really works for me so yeah yeah, and so the Rock transition on. of the episodes, you know, he had that input, like Jacob said, and they're even creating more things for the show where they were like, hey, Otisan, like, is there electricity here? And he's like, I never thought about it. And he's like, oh. I have a different thing that does a different electricity later, but so just don't call it that. And you can have some electric lighting, like this little wow. stuff that you would never think about in an anime. And like, okay, I guess there's electricity in live action, uh, which yeah. they used to great effect. But I say, let's jump, uh, jump into it. Let's uh, all aboard here. And we'll just start running through... Uh, these eight wonderful episodes of the One Piece live-action adaptation. Gumu Gumu Transition. That is his catchphrase, just saying a, a move. Yeah, kind of that is true. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Gum Gum Pistol! I like I that like even that. when he's performing it, Inaki, he's giving it a little bit of a gum. Like it's a little bit of the U oh, yeah, that would be yeah, in the yeah. Japanese pronunciation just to push yeah. it in that direction. But, you know, they're crushing The lady who does it is so famous at this point, And you can watch it with a dub of all their voices. 
That's incredible. Oh, sure. Yep. And they met in real life. It was very cute and sweet. And uh, yes, yeah. gave each other a bunch of straw hats. That's all anybody does. These things are like present each other so with bad. straw hats. You're like, yeah, great. Sure. Well, that's his treasure. But yeah, yeah. So, yes, sure, sure, sure. But we're back. We're your straw hat podcast hosts. Uh, talk that's to right. The show. What, uh, what, what, where would you guys be on this crew? What would you, Jacob, you would want to cook for us? I would want to I be would some kind cook. of, uh, no, Mike's the cook, obviously. He's yes, obviously. Yeah, I sure. would be, I assume, some kind of bounty hunter uh, that's doing cool <laughs> things. Um, I would be a slave. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, but I was, so oh, you were man. talking about the, the voice of uh, Luffy in the anime. Uh, mm-hmm. Is a woman, right? You're yes. Saying? Yes. Yes. That it's doesn't surprise me because like I was the Pikachu Simpson yes. action, like uh, yep. like uh, uh, Ash, though, right? Ash was voiced by yep. a woman because I thought when I was oh, watching, sorry, I, said Pikachu, I watched some right. of the the hmm. anime as well, and I was like, Luffy's voice sounds a lot like Ash from Pokemon, just with kind of more of an edge to it. So I was like, that's interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah. One piece. Here we go. And the go-to for Shonen animes. Uh, here we yeah, go. Yeah. Episode one, uh, which adapts, we should say this whole thing is what they call the East Blue Saga. Again, this thing's been going on for a billion years. There's so many different chapters. They pretty much condense everything to get down to this first part, where it is a collection of people on a quest to get a map to call to something called the Grand Line, which mm-hmm. is an entry point into this larger world of pirating. So what yeah. we're going to see for the most part to start out here is a series of smaller islands that are in a relatively peaceful area, but are tortured or terrorized by roving gangs of pirates. As Jacob said, this is all this open sea, very naval battle-esque, and is protected by a group of marines, quote-unquote, which are really sort of the navy of this world that go around and uh, enact justice. Mm-hmm. And the peacekeepers of the seas. Uh, but as Colin said, there's good and bad on... He, there's heroes on both sides, uh, to quote the Star Wars crawl. That's right. Uh, well, yeah, I think kind of the, the whole thing just it's kind of just the bare minimum intro to all the important players, all the main characters of the crew. And then they set you up for like and that's just the beginning. Like, it's a great, great intro. There's really good stuff in all these episodes. But it is just, yeah, it's your primer of this is one piece. This, Yeah. The way that you, know. you run into each character, I think it's really well done. I think uh, Luffy... Like you said, there's there's good ba- pirates and bad pirates. I think there's mostly bad pirates, but Luffy just has this different idea of what a pirate is. Maybe not even really a pirate. Uh, he's not no, doing no. that many piratey things. But right. he's he just, just so thinks... convinced about being the king of the pirates that he's like, I will be the king of the pirates. That's so he's what's... getting a ship. He's getting a crew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's what's great about Luffy's character. So, you know, in episode one, he meets um, Kobe and like he gets on the ship and he's having these altercations. It's just funny to see him like... He has like this childlike, like a, what we would think pirate of Jack Sparrow. It's like, you just have fun. I'm not stealing from people. Right. I'm just having fun. I'm a pirate. I'm just having fun on the yeah. ocean, right? And, you see uh, the traditional, you have Alveda, captain of the Love mm-hmm. Pirates. She is raiding a pirate ship. That is our traditional images. Yo, ho, ho, ho. You know, pirate's life for me. If you're a random boat, we'll pillage you. We'll rape you. Random we'll get pillage. all your stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll burn it all down. But what we know from watching the show and getting the backstory is that you can be very influenced by the people in your life. Luffy mm-hmm. was lucky in that he had a mentor in Shanks, who was yes. a quote-unquote good pirate. We see him as right. a man who's really much more convivial and uh, easygoing and really sees pirating as a way to party. 
Yeah. yeah he's kind of like, like a father figure to Luffy growing up. We don't know who his real father is. I guess they don't really say that. We know his grandfather, but we don't know his father. Right. But yeah, you get, you see Shanks, you know, like someone insults him in the bar here and then he doesn't fight back because he's like, violence isn't the answer. Like he's chill about it. Like he knows he's a little world, yeah. more world wise and, you know, Luffy's yes. a little more hot tempered at that age. And he's like, why didn't you stand up to me? He has some learning to do, but the Shanks you know, stuff works yeah, really well. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea that, because in the world, everybody doesn't like pirates. So Luffy's going around proudly saying, we're pirates. And they're like, we hate you. You know, like, but yeah, you know, and he, he doesn't, doesn't even doesn't realize, like, he's, he's almost trying to change the public opinion of pirates yeah. by just being a good pirate. Because to him, being a pirate means more about freedom, individuality, the ability to Chasing follow your dream. your dream, whatever that may be. And mm-hmm. even when he, when he first, the first character he essentially meets is Kobe, who doesn't yes. even join his crew, but he's like, what's your dream? And then Kobe's like, my dream is to be a Marine. And he's like, all right, you're cool. You're my friend now because I've met you and we've we've bonded. Even, I'm going to make your dream come true, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if they are clashing ideologies, it yes. is important to say you want something. Therefore, we must facilitate to each other figuring out how to get that thing. That yeah. line when it's like, well, I guess if we might be enemies next time we see each other. But good luck. Like you... You do your dream, like no hard feelings. There's something very sweet about it. Like it's 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 endearing. It's heartfelt. It's yeah. it's really the core of the storytelling. A very long time from now in the manga, someone will say to Luffy, "What do you think? Tell me what you mean when you say you want to be king of the pirates." And he will explain that, like you said, Mike, it is someone who has the freedom to do whatever they want and to also follow their dream. Yeah. That's uh, great. Now. Let's point out Luffy's dream to be King of the Pirates is to find something called the One Piece. Let's rewind real quick. The yes. real intro to our show here is veteran actor Ian McShane, who mm-hmm. maybe we'll talk about in a pirating film at a certain hmm. point. Maybe he maybe. plays a famous pirate that might show up <laughs> in One Piece at some point. The parody plays. Right. Um, but he explains that Gold Roger, the quote-unquote King of Pirates, uh, is about to be executed, and he gives out his final death proclamation, which is to say, uh, in, in the book and, and in the anime, mm-hmm. somebody in the audience says, hey, where's your treasure? Uh, and that fan guy is called, like, Start D Show or something like that. Nice. He is not in this. <laughs> uh, but instead, uh, Gold Roger kind of just gives out his explanation that all of his treasure – all of his fame and fortune and power and all that has been consolidated into something he calls One Piece. It is out there. Go out, get it. If you do that, you could be King of Pirates too. And what it does is it starts the quote-unquote Great Pirate Age. I'm just going to keep saying quote-unquote, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But pushes forward the want and dreams and desires of some of these people. We will see, as this goes on, the clash of a, a world where people go, you believe in that thing? Why would you? Which is essentially to say to someone, why do you want something? Why do you desire something? Why do you have a dream? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really is Luffy coming back to all of them to say, well, of course I believe in One Piece. And yes, I will be the one who gets it. Yep. Every time. And then again, that competition of like, that's a stupid reason to want to do something. Like Luffy will just be like, you you are not, you have no conviction. I'm going to be the Pirate King because you are not. Yeah, then you'll enough. lose. And you do lose right. to him. <laughs> you know, it yes. and, and it is the battle of willpower that I, mm-hmm. I said earlier of just wanting says, something more. When he says, I will find the One Piece and I will become the King of the Pirates. He truly believes it when he says it, probably more than anyone's ever believed anything. Yes. Even if it sounds very unlikely that this 
random guy who has no experience or background as a pirate all of a sudden is going to become the king of the pirates. But he believes it so hard that yes. it probably will come true by the end. Yes. Of the year. And as an audience member, I believe it too. And Jacob, <laughs> sometimes other characters have off screen conversations with other characters where they're like, why did you do that thing? And he's like, well, I did it because this guy told me he wants to be king of the pirates. And I just know he believes it so much that I did too. I mean, we get Zoro saying that in this yeah. show. Well, that's basically what this first season is, is just him going around inspiring people, different people every episode and mm-hmm. slowly adding to his crew where he's just like, hey, he meets Zoro. He's like, you're, you seem cool. You're like a good fighter. I like you. You should join my crew. And then yeah, even they're <laughs> hesitant to join his crew at first, but he's so like insistent that they join. Why his would crew I do that? That's you have the nobody else on your crew. Ever. What do you t- you yeah. have a boat. Like, you're an idiot. You're a fool. <laughs> We're going to start yeah. a band, man. It's like, get away from yes. me. <laughs> You'd be yeah. a great and singer. Literally when he's saying this, he does not have a boat yet. He yes. has nothing. He's just Zoro is in prison. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. No, so we get the Amazing. truncated kind of gathering of the core three in the first couple episodes with Nami and Zoro. That's, you know, taking things from the anime and pushing them together, kind of putting them in yes. the same town at the same time. But again, it's more efficient, I think, and I, I think it's a great way to do it. Um, so we get Axan Morgan. I mean, what do you guys think yeah. of these prosthetics? Like, what do, what do you think of the look of these people? They look fucking awesome, man. Like, Axan, yeah, it, looks pretty like, good. it works. Yeah. And the choreography was blowing me away. And I, I went and looked at the, you know, the drawing of the manga and the anime. I'm like, yeah, dude, what more do you want? What pretty close. It's, yeah. It's been making me think about, again, how would like a Hunter Hunter adaptation live action work? Because that's another, uh, there's a lot of similarities there where there's a lot of weird, like half animal people. There's, uh, mm-hmm. they have Nen powers instead of like devil fruit powers where they all have different special abilities and stuff. Right. And I'm like, how would this translate to live action? So I've been thinking about that and it's, it's like, well, if they can do it with one piece, they can really do it with any show now. Like nothing, as long as you have the effects budget and the, the sets and the costumes and everything, well, no, you know? Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. let's talk about that because yep. you said devil fruit powers. We need to point out that when mm-hmm. Luffy started out on this journey, something he took from Shanks was his prized possession. It's called the gum gum fruit. It's the first devil fruit where shown in this universe which is this outlet for these characters to have incredible fantastic powers odasan mm-hmm. said if i'm going to create this character who's inspired by goku literally he's always going to wear red and orange all the time that's mm-hmm. he, he has dark hair he's like literally he's sitting down going like how can i make goku mm-hmm. and he's gonna have to fight i don't want it to be serious like dragon ball i want it to be funny I want people mm-hmm. to laugh when he uses his powers. I think stretching is silly. He's Mr. Fantastic. He's yeah, Kamala right, Khan. He's uh, anybody, any other asshole who has stretchy powers, Stretch which are never man. really my favorite. Alas, sure, all these great people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but That's how do we DC think the special version. effects end up looking? Because we get some stuff. We get a, a gum gum pistol, a stretch fist. We get a gum gum balloon, which is the mm-hmm. inflated body. Busan. We get a bell, which is the thrown back head. Uh, Mike, and how do you think the gum gum powers cannon? look? We get gum gum yes. cannon as well. I think they look yes. wonderful. And that they're used at different spots. Again, having watched the show, like the first gum gum fusan is not in the context it is in the show. But like they use it great in the show. And I like that it's... They're kind of, you get one, like, it's not oversaturated because a Saturday cartoon, like, you need a power, like, everything. Oh, it's every five minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, I like using these abilities. Yeah. They're using them to great effect. And I think they look awesome. They're very fun and imaginative. And maybe, including what I've seen in the anime, yeah, probably the the most tolerable and cool, stretchy powered character, like, for sure. 
like with the variety of things that they do so far, probably the best stretchy character. Hard to pull off, yeah, Jacob. Do you remember the elongated man on Flash? I mean, how does he yes. hold up to that? Well, yeah. I mean, probably a lot better, you know, <laughs> comparing the, the budget of CW's The Flash. Eight episodes um, versus like 24 yeah, or something. Yeah. Right. They really had to stretch that budget sometimes. But I was thinking Stretch. like they've been trying to do, you know, they've been trying to do Mr. Fantastic. They've been trying to do a good Fantastic Four in movies for years and still have not. Uh, and then, you know, they showed you how simple that Mr. Fantastic Powers could be. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was great. It's great. And I think I like to, I don't know, I'm reading too much into it, but the idea that like he's a kid and he's, you know, kids bounce back from everything. There's like a flexibility, like a, a resilience to rubber, you know, kids bounce back, like that kind of idea, like Luke right. get back up every time because he's, he's the it rubber It fits man. his character. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And it gives him, yeah, it gives him the ability to face these super powered or very powerful different people even like arlong who's like this uh shark man guy uh fish man and he can kind of you know face off because he's he can't really get hurt as well because he's rubber and stuff so it just gives him the ability to man yeah Yeah. i'll just point out real quick um the first episode is called romance dawn romance dawn is the pilot of one piece it was the first comic book that he drew submitted to shonen jump they run it as sort of a pilot program. Totally different. The pirate that wears the straw hat that inspires him is Garp, who sets him on his journey, his grandfather, uh, after giving him uh, the power of the gum gum fruit from the gum gum grove, where anybody can have rubber powers. Now, again, huh. that's something we're never going to see anybody else have this particular devil fruit going right. forward in one piece. So just a little different there. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. And, and again, that's how they organize things, at least on the one pace. Like the first set is the Romance Dawn and then uh, Syrup Village. It's the next thing we see in this show. They skip a little bit and then, you know, uh, Barati happens in Arlong Park and some Garp stuff at the end, basically. So those are the kind of the main yeah. four that we're doing here. Yeah, Orange um, Town has really changed uh, to, to, to go mm-hmm. to the buggy stuff. But let's let's meet Zora first. So let's let's meet yeah. McKenyu, who we said... Uh, Alvita so cool. has has sort of brought up and said, are you Rorona Zoro, the pirate hunter? We're setting up this bounty hunter in this world in episode one, the first part, who is unstoppable. Yes. Mm-hmm. We then meet him. Uh, and I believe the change in this is we see a little bit of why he's tied up. When you meet him in the manga, he is he is already tied up for these sort of crimes he's committed, which is like hunting a royal deer or something like that. And since Helmeppo is the son of a captain, he's he's arrested, I believe is how yeah. it goes, right, originally? Yeah, but you don't see, like, the altercation in the bar like we do. Like, yeah. there, there is a scene where the girl brings him onigiri, but that's when he's tied to the post. That happens in the bar. So we're, like, streamlining yeah. things to where Nami can see that and get inspired. So I like the way the show is doing that. But, yeah, you see that he messes with Helmeppo and cuts his hair. I like that he had nice hair yes. and then he gets the bowl cut. Because he just it's has incredible. the time. Yes, so nice that's what background. his look is in the comics. Beautiful. Now we... Get McKenyu, who has this green hair, Mosshead, as Sanji will constantly call him. He's mm. Rurono Zoro. He is the fan favorite character. He is sure. the sexy bad boy of the One Piece world. Even right. then, Otisan, yeah. who's like, I just want little boys to laugh and find this very goofy. The more they like it, the more I will make it goofy. He mm. has the three sword samurai style, where he's, of course, holding one of the swords in his mouth with his teeth. It's ridiculous. Yes. But how do we feel this is being pulled off? I think it's Jacob. great. I think it works for me. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm loving it. And again, it like, completely. yeah, he it's has green hair see. because, you know, his character in the anime one. has green hair. 
Nami mm-hmm. has orange hair and they, and they stick to those, you know, shades of hair and it's, it doesn't seem weird or out of place in this world. And all their costumes are like direct references to costumes from the manga and the anime, like, yeah. like the different clothes like, and textiles and stuff. And they it's don't all just like stick reference. to one outfit, you know, mm-hmm. they, they have different outfits that kind of cycle through, but they're all different outfits that their characters have worn in the manga and in the anime. In, so specifically, mm-hmm. they do these things called color spreads, which are part of the, let's say, again, quarterlies or annuals or whatever. You will get official color drawn uh, front pages for the comic book. That's the first time where you'll see a lot of where Oda will confirm, oh, Zoro has green hair and stuff like that. Because, again, mm. it is a black and white black manga. And white. Right. Um, the outfits that they wear, One Piece is unique in the fact that almost every arc they do change clothes. Not as much as this show does. The outfits they chose are all the official outfits from those color works. So it's just like little Easter eggs that people would put in. And you've got... Usopp wearing his pirate hat, you know, like the the mm-hmm. tri-corner hat or all this stuff. Where you just go like, yeah. oh, this is great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I love everything. It's it's definitely crafted with love, right? All of it, you know? And so we get Zoro, who's pirate hunter, you know, Luffy recruits him. Nami hates pirates, wants to steal from pirates to get money. So she's a hard mm, sell on the crew thing. So, you know, we're getting to meet her. And- this yeah. really is our core trio, as you were saying, Mike, yeah. uh, how they kind of condense it. That is how it is in the manga. However, I kind of feel the one lesson they did take from the live action Cowboy Bebop is this triangle of characterization where you can have aloof sure. lead, stern mm-hmm. supporting character, Spike, and Jet, and Fade yep. Beautiful, Yep. And yeah. then beautiful girl who's part of the crew, but kind of stuff. in, kind of yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So exactly. we might talk about that more in Uncharted. So that's our yeah, core think, three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mission Impossible. With Nami, I think, and with this show in general, they also kind of toned down some of the, let's say, fan service aspects where yes. I've seen mm. a lot of Nami with like bikini tops and stuff. And like they kind of go away from maybe that. He does a move literally called Love Punch. Legally, but oh, sure. That's but she does a move rule. literally called Love Punch where she will show her top to people and charge them for money. Like, because oh, that geez. is what she's about. She just right. wants money. She is a right. sexless being, right? So, it just, it's all about wow. the money, literally. And we'll yes. find out why. But that's kind of this main start. We get our main three together. And then I guess, like, Devil Fruit, we kind of get our ba- our first villain up here. We get introduced yeah. to Buggy, I think. I think this is. Great. Well, once we leave the Marine base, we fight all these people. Right. Yes. They head to Orange Town, which we see the effects of a place that is overrun by pirates. We do get that that contrast of this is what an evil pirate looks like. And we meet Jeff Ward as Buggy the Clown, the leader of the Big Top Pirates. A very reduced cast. We were supposed to get all these other characters that do all yeah. these other fights and stuff, too. Whatever. Beast tamer Jacob. guy. I'm okay yes. losing it. Yeah. We get our second devil fruit here, the chop chop fruit. What do you think mm. of these effects? <laughs> this is wild in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty, I mean, it's pretty good. I don't know how else you would do it, you know, and like maybe it could have been better with even a bigger budget, but I thought it, I thought it looked okay. I love it. I, I again, it's, yeah. it's goofy. It's, it's just in fantasy enough that it's like, okay, it's just flesh toned. <laughs> connection yeah. like whatever like it, we don't need to see bone or what i don't need to think about it it no, just comes apart and no goes back together I that's fine definitely don't need to think about it it looks mm-hmm. good whenever Zoro's actually cutting him and you're seeing active splitting and that looked yeah. very cool and i'll say this later in the season when they're keeping buggy around as a character just shooting him practical where it's like a head poking out of a table or something that's great that's, that's an old yeah. school effect 
use the shit out of that. I'm fine yeah. with that every time. And this I do like crushing it. Like, he's crushing yeah. it. In the, the most funny. fun lines, like you said, like he's selling it yeah. really well. And I like later in the show, they're keeping him in this bag, his head, right? Mm-hmm. And then he can finally convinces him to put his, his head back on his body because he'll help them. And then he's like, uh, see you later. I'm out of here. You see you later. <laughs> yep. the devil deuce and runs uh-huh. away. Yeah. And these are, Jacob, these are big changes because you're never mm. supposed to see Buggy again after he leaves that first time till wow. a, another so arc later. But yeah. to incorporate him and say, you know what? We'll take this little bit of what you call in the manga a cover story, which is sometimes Oda will give you these title pages where it's like, what has Buggy been up to? Here's something Buggy's mm, been doing, yeah. which is him going on an adventure to get his body parts back. They're like, you know what? We've got Jeff Ward for the day. Fucking put him in the makeup. Yeah, this is right. And, and they it, do uh, have sort of wonderful dense cast, right? But they, you know, you're seeing even Shank's crew. I know they're all characters from, you know, mm-hmm. that we know. So you're seeing at least somewhat of a, a, you know, introduction to them. And then you're even seeing like Easter eggs of like the wanted posters are different villains or other pirate captains some of them are wild choices like yeah you wouldn't get to them for a decade if you did this show then that's what's great is it's seeding all this stuff where it's like yeah just hop into the source material like even this battle with buggy here like there's references to some of they fight them several times like there's several altercations that happen between them and like they're kind of pulling from those and even the solution they find i maybe it's later but like getting his feet and stuff trapping him in all the boxes like brilliant but also that wasn't in the manga so i'm like that's a cool no. way to do it um yeah. but then when i found out the unicycle guy had a much more expanded role in the anime i was like damn because when he rolls into that room and just hops off without missing a step it's perfect stride i'm like dude that's so fucking or, funny but but then like, you have, it. well yes but then you have people like the mayor who's kind of the spokespeople mm-hmm. for the characters you know trapped for the for buggy's performance they're in prison who is clap for him yeah but he's a huge character in the manga where mm-hmm. he specifically has a weird haircut and stuff. And to be yep. that extra actor who like, you're only going to get two lines, but we'll be honest with you. You have to look like this because it's so important mm-hmm. to the five or six weirdos out there who are going to critique this thing. That is a, an amazing level of commitment. As soon as I get got on the unicycle, guy. just get him on the unicycle. Yeah, because it's, it's so bizarre. I, I assumed it was a thing. And then when I saw it, yeah, yes. I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah. So I love all these guys. And, you know, yeah. we get Zoro being cool, not as scared of knives and stuff. You know, it's just no. it's great. It's great. So I love the buggy, the buggy stuff. Um, my favorite stuff, though, is the next two. The the black cat pirates, mm. the Usopp stuff, maybe not particularly that character, but I love these episodes. Um, and what the show is doing that the anime doesn't is they have a lot more scenes at night. Everything in the anime yes. is mostly broad daylight. So things are a lot right. moodier. Um, and I do like the use of, you know, night shots and night scenes. And I think that really benefits this upcoming arc with Usopp. Um that's a great point because it's a little bit more yeah. of a mystery. They change it into this locked into a house panic room style story opposed yep. to it's very different in the manga. Yeah. I like, like how it's hypnotist guy is gone, which I think it's this is better. Django. This is more streamlined. Yeah. Like, well, okay. yeah, well, I like how it's more believable. Django's fun though. Pace where <laughs> yeah. you ha- it's, it's, it's very episodic to start where these, they're getting in these different episodic uh, adventures with – with buggy mm-hmm. then with this whole mansion in the butler and everything and then yep. by the end of it it kind of all comes together with with arlong being a re- reoccurring villain who comes back and it's kind of tied up it's very smart to see that together yeah but the and way also, they introduce it they slowly 
kind of mm-hmm. introduce you into the world. Yeah. Well, yep. in a funny way to call it out when Luffy literally in that fight goes like, I beat up a, a butler, I beat up a clown, I can definitely beat up you. And you're like, it has kind of been a weird week for you. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of like yeah. fighting all these psychopaths, basically. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. So, so the Usopp thing is he's the the boy who cried wolf. You know, he runs yes. through the town all the time right. saying there's boy pirates, there's pirate. ever pirates. And then when they are, you're screwed, right? So and he tries to take care of Kaya. She's kind of been locked away. She's very sickly. Her parents died a year ago. She lives with her butler. And then it's this kind of mystery of uh, what's going on with the butler. Uh, spoiler, he's he's the enemy. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> the the butler like, did it. Yeah. Go ahead. Biggest change here. Jacob Romero Gibson stars as Usopp. Uh, not only is the this the biggest storyline change, biggest physical change, the weird thing in this world. He's not only the boy who cried wolf, uh, Mike, he's mm-hmm. a liar, a.k.a. he's yeah. Pinocchio. He has a super mm-hmm. elongated nose. That is a right. direct reference to he is a liar. Now, he is that. a sniper that is so talented because he uses his long nose as a crosshair. It is truly a part of his feature uh, uh, okay. that they just rightly go like, look, we're not going to have That's this nice work. young man. Like we, he just wouldn't need a dumbass prosthetic. Like that we did. Bold. The yeah. So yeah. something I'm happy about. Call an audible yeah. here. Yeah. No, that's um, great too. Cause yeah, he's, his lies, he tells fantastic stories too. And that's what cheers up yes. Kaya. Like he uses his ability to his imagination. Yes. So he's a liar, but there's a good side to it too. You know what I mean? So anyway. yeah, every word that familiar with story mm-hmm. with Usopp from, you know, what, what he looks like in the, the anime. So I was like, mm-hmm. that's another thing. How are they going to do this in live action? Um, but I like this I actor and I like, perfect middle ground. yeah, they did it great. Yeah, um, but, I thought the Kai actress was really good too, and they kind mm-hmm. of tie in stuff that you see much later in the book, where she's like, "I'm going to become a doctor." Where I was like, "Oh wow, they're doing that now! This is wow. great!" Wow, <laughs> I haven't even gotten to that in my watch through. That's great. Yeah. What I love about right. this is it's it's at night. I like the reveal of the black cat pirates, and that they they want to get the fortune. You know, that's accurate. And he has these Jam long claws. Bungie. It feels like a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fight to me. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, the and butler is very. Yeah. Very anime looking. Like his whole design I'm, is just very I'm, anime. But anime yeah. looking again, guys, the super speed special effect. Mm-hmm. His name is Captain Kuro. To yeah. show that he's full of shit and a liar, he literally has spirals of shit on his suit coats on the side, right? Oh, That's what wow. those are supposed to indicate. Is these yeah. huge knife fingers, and he's doing the most Shakespearean dialogue. And again, I'm with you, Mike, where I'm like the guy's kind of killing it. Who's doing he it? And he's killing yeah. like a guy who like kind of looks like a lamb, and you're like not asking questions about that either. Yeah. You're like, okay, no, no. All the actors in this, they're like, all right, you're gonna have to act like you're you're an anime character, basically. Like the guy that plays Garp, it's like you're gonna wear like a mm-hmm. little dog hat. <laughs> you're gonna wear yeah, they gave a him little the dog, dog hat, hat. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, it's but Kuro, I, I just want to highlight because when I saw it live action, I'm like, oh, in the anime, I'm like, oh, it's all in the day. I really liked the way the live action did. But there's a thing in the anime where he pushes up his glasses, if you're watching yeah. YouTube, on the side like that. And then when it's revealed that he has claws, he of pushes his, his hand. Yeah. cut his face. No, but even when he's genius. not wearing yeah. the claws, he does that. That's like a tell. And then I was like, did they do that in the live action before they reveal it? And they fucking do. And like, that's I what I mean. It. Like that little stuff that they're getting right. I, I just can't get enough of it. Also, I would love to uh, mm-hmm. join the Black Pat. If I was going to join any pirates, I would want to join the Black, black Cat, cat pirates. pirates. So I could wear little pi- little cat uh-huh. ears and be a little cat And they all do. I don't know. <laughs> but, it's um, really built up. 
well, mm, that's a great question. Uh, probably Shanks because you'd <laughs> Shanks, be really yeah. protected and just that's have what a good I do. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to be a kitty cat. The safest yeah. bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I love this arc. So they, they eventually save the day. You know, she gets to keep her fortune. They get their boat. This is where we get our boat. Now, they get finally, their ship. They get the, the going Mary, the Mary go, mm-hmm. Mary go round. Uh, and that's named is, after course, something from Kaya's life, right? It's the sentimental it's, thing. They name it in honor of her. The, it's that, that guy that guy died, who right? killed. That's right. Who, yes. They and this die. is a land the, guy. Her, yes, like attorney or something. I say no. In the books, he's like just a shipwright. He he works at the shipyard and made he's a family Mary. friend. Yes, yeah, and no, named right. the Mary right. after himself. So they just get it. They're like, well, we'll, we'll call you the Mary too. Going Mary. That's yeah, right. going. Don't Mary. have to change it. It's great. Yeah, it looks great. I love it. I don't love that they opened the mouth of the figurehead of the lamb figurehead. Mm. I would prefer that it was closed, but I I think it looks great. Otherwise, good. Yeah. Again, I'm in. I'm interested to see how you know some of these characters they're going to introduce down the line because, from what I know of One Piece, there's like a whole ship full of characters. You got Chopper. I don't know how they're going to do him, but there's just a lot of hanging out on the ship. And um, yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it, but it. Yeah, I'm excited. No, because they've been doing such a great feel, job so far. Did it feel too? Um, oh, what do you even call it? What's the What's the Mando thing? The grid. Oh, what the hell is it called? Oh, the, the volume? No way. The volume. The way Did it feel too volume? Yeah. No, yeah. And because Night it's day. so kind of otherworldly where you're like, this is a totally different world, you can kind of it stretches the limits of what you can do because it's like it doesn't have to look super realistic all the time. Right. And there's so much practical there too. They're on a ship deck. They're in a set. Yeah. They're on a set, you know, so even if there's some volume, there's I will no say, practical stuff there that it works. Yeah. Probably my biggest complaint with this whole live action show was i think the color grading where at times i felt like the color grading was kind of weird it almost is like they desaturated it at times to like like the anime is known for just being very colorful very loud colors and very Very bright right like you're saying it shot a lot of it's in the day and stuff Mm -hmm. i felt like with this show they had the costumes and stuff that they could have gone super bright colored but they just turned the saturation down a little bit to try to make it Maybe to make it appeal to, like, you know, kind of make it more edgy and stuff. Um, but I thought they should have just gone full bright colors and stuff. Like, they they have, like, orange and green hair and stuff. Like, it, I, I would yeah. have just made the colors pop more. That's my biggest complaint, I guess. Does, yeah. Does, like, if you're dialing around special effects, if they're like, if you hit this light level, things work. But if you go a little brighter, it all falls apart. Maybe. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I just yeah. felt like at times it felt like the whole world was a little desaturated and washed yeah. out. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I had a note from a my friend who likes this anime. They grew up watching it. I'm like, I'd never seen this. I watched the show. Their their note was sometimes it was too orange. So you can't please mm. everybody. Like too much oh, sunset God. light. So maybe it's knows. just my TV. I don't know. But I you got to do the like... calibration like the Game of Thrones episode. It's your TV. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this yeah. is probably a good place to take a break. We got the second half of these four episodes right after this, though. Uh, get your TVs calibrated properly. You know, we'll be right back. <laughs>
We're back here on Normies Like Us, where we are trying to find the One Piece, because we're mm-hmm. talking One Piece live action, the new Netflix 2023 series. Um, well, we were talking a little bit about how the special effects look. Let's mm-hmm. go into that a little bit more, because now we get our first sea battle where the Mary leaves port and we are chased by the marine ship. Garp mm-hmm. is at the helm of it. We get the reveal. Grandpa, Grandpa? Dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun. which is a great episode hook. That's at the end yes. of an episode. And you're like, mm-hmm. grandfather. Oh, I yeah. got to go to this next one. But great. How, how, how does it look seafaring action wise? I got to say, as a fan of this thing, when they have Garp pick up the cannonballs and throw them, I'm like, this is literally the point where I'm watching this show and I've seen a clown split in half and do all these other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've maybe seen a merman at this point. I can't remember. But right. literally, I'm going like, they got Garp throwing the fucking cannonballs. Oh, God bless this thing. They're really going for it. I love yeah. this. Sure. My disbelief was fully suspended at this point, And I was just loving yeah. whatever they were going to show me. Yeah. The Marine side plot stuff is interesting because it's like, okay, so we meet this character, Kobe, at the beginning. He doesn't seem that important to the story. But then you keep following him after he leaves uh, Luffy and everything. You're like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. He meets this other guy, Helmeppo, who's seen as kind of a a fool and a bad guy at the beginning uh yeah like a like a real dandy he's the privileged Um, you know rich kids yeah yeah rich little white boy captain yeah Yeah. he gets shown up by zoro and you're following these two characters as their marine cadets you're like what's going on then you have this other character the vice admiral garp uh and you're like how does this tie in where we're following these characters so much and then you Mm -hmm. find out you know he's garp is luffy's grandfather he's been trying to make him not a pirate his whole life basically but luffy's yeah. basically like fuck you put I him will on become the correct path yeah what dream should you have you should have the dream i dictate mm-hmm. to you. it is right. more important that you do the right thing than what do you believe in um i just want to point out jacob thank yeah. you for saying that kobe stuff because we hadn't brought any of that up yet mm-hmm. now like you said kobe changing in the book and you know seeing blah 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 whatever you don't ever see Kobe again after the Alveda stuff for like until years. Until you see, yeah. Yeah. I mean, years. I truly mean maybe a decade of my life <laughs> wow. later. I was like, oh, it's Kobe. This is great. Mm-hmm. Now, when the showrunners are doing this thing to tie these narratives together to say it is not only a pirate starting out on his journey, what does that mean? It is the law enforcement of this uh, world as well starting out and following their dream. What does that mean? Tying them together. I think that is the smartest thing this show did. I am yeah. so fucking impressed by that storytelling choice. And they're both. Yeah. Idealistic. They're really just condensing a lot of like something that took the anime and the manga years and years to kind of reveal the full picture of what's going on. This is doing a better job of condensing it into a more streamlined storyline. Right. Especially for something that serves as like a long form, you know, series like this, you can add yeah. context and give character development. Every scene means something. There's no filler here. And you have right. yeah, two optimistic people who are encountering kind of the friction of the institutions that they're in, where Kobe just wants to be a Marine to help people that can't help themselves. But then he'll learn, oh, sometimes the Marines are doing, you know, unsavory stuff, too. And Luffy's learning that a lot of pirates are bad, you know, and how do we yeah. how do I reconcile my dream with with the, you know, organizations, you know, that. Yeah. That. And by the way, on the on the topic of Kobe, I just wanted to shout out. The actor that plays Kobe is trans, 
And mm-hmm. I love to see this rep- representation where you have a trans actor playing a character that's not specifically trans. It's just, no. you know, they're just a regular actor. So I like that right. seeing that representation. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. There's a no Kobe. Yeah, you wouldn't even know it if you didn't know. In- no. Right. Kobe is supposed to initially represent weakness or faltering or the person who, yes, they have a dream, but hide it away. Right. And all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's a very interesting choice to take somebody who becomes more of a masculine character, but starts out very emasculated as a mm. non-binary or trans character. I thought that casting choice was incredible, Jake. Again, yeah. Crushing, crushing it all this show. Yeah. That's great. And also I there's mean, the fact that Kobe like could just join uh, Luffy's crew, but has his own dream. So he's like, I want to become a Marine. I want to help people. What that's what be. Marines are supposed to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's, like I said, Colin, the smartest thing they've done is show the two sides of the morality of this world and then how yes. the youth kind of looks at it. You know, because, yeah. again, we have Garp, yes. you must live my way. It's a lot of what does society or the parents or the adults want you to do versus yes. what do you want to do and where do you right. where do you? And when you it? have Kobe joining the Marines and realizing that, oh, Marines aren't all good, like there's a lot of like corrupt and you know, mm-hmm. shady stuff going on too. Like people are people, like there's good people and bad people. Um, so, you know, he kind of learns a world lesson about that too. And then is kind of taken under Garp's wing as sort of a protege, right? They play go mm-hmm. together. Yes. Yeah. They play go together. And yeah. I should say Garp in the comic book, wears that dog hat. So you don't see his face. He is not revealed to be Luffy's grandfather for probably eight or 10 years. Wild, wow. wild. So smart, smart audibles that they're calling, I'd yeah. say. But yeah, they, I like the, uh, yeah, again, we see the Fusan, you know, the uh, balloon, gum gum balloon, and uh, repel the cannonball, famous thing from the anime. They did it to Buggy the first time I saw it done yes. uh, in the anime, but a perfect use here. And then we get to the Baradier eventually. We yeah, this yeah. is this is maybe where I was even agreeing with you with the desaturation. They put in this kind of bad looking fake fog that I don't mm. love as they're mm. coming up to the Baradier, this sort of traveling sea restaurant. Uh, and are introduced to the rules here. And of course, a wily chef who is knocked down uh, from from his position by the owner of the restaurant, the head chef, uh, Red Leg Zeph, yes. put out to be a waiter. This is Sanji. Yep. And I Sanji. was guessing that this would be one of Mike's favorite parts because it's basically the bear on the sea, right? You have yeah. also Carmi over the here place yeah. has a ton of tattoos. I almost wanted them when he rolls his sleeves up. I was like, he should just have the tattoos. Have yeah, because <laughs> Sanji never rolls his sleeves up. Yeah. Let him have them. No. Uh, yeah, Sanji is him. basically Carmi. He's cooking. There's yes. a lot of cooking in here. And yes. he's. And I love the idea of Zeph, the leader of the cook pirates, who, are, who is just yes. a pirate mm-hmm. captain who also just loves to cook. Yes. I mean, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Now, what is Sanji. It? Yeah, their oh, dream is to find the ultimate cooking recipe or ingredient yes. location, right? Well, it's the grand the, blue it's or the something? All blue. It's the, the all blue. blue. It is the That's sea. Right where every type of food will be able to be found, which is basically ridiculous. He just wants to right there on the East Blue. There's, the world is <laughs> yes. divided into four quad- quadrants, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. The Grand uh, Line. Yeah. Well, even more mm-hmm. than that, again, geography, topography, weather. Oda will hit you with all this stuff as you get into an island because he's got this world so built out. He just has all this fucking shit. It's incredible. So great. Um, now – We've gotten childhood backstories from all these characters, as you guys yeah. have pointed out, as we've gone through. We've had we get Zoro trying to get powered up during the Black Cat arc. You know, we've been seeing, yes. you know, this kind of flashbacks intermittently. 
Uh, I shouted out this kid, this this child actor before, but I just want to say, um, even just the writing, the backstory for Sanji that he is alone on an island with another man for ninety days, and they make a partnership with each other to not see each other. And the man says, you take half the food, I'll take half the food. And the reveal that, no, he did not give him half the food. He gave him all the food and he has chopped his leg off and has been slowly eating it. When I read that as a kid, I Amazing. truly remember like talking to my father and being like, I read something really important today. <laughs> it's yeah. like, like, what are you talking about? I mean, just being like, like, I just read something that like, I mean, it's like of mice and men quality. Like it's something that like really makes you think. Like it was like yeah. a Twilight Zone short story to mm-hmm. me as a kid. I no, love that because I had no idea where it was going. And I was like, obviously this kid, I mean, Zeph is some kind of a mentor to him. They have sort of a this relationship as kind of um, antagonistic, but also yeah. mentory. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, yeah, this island backstory. I was like, this is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And great. there's a lot. It's great. <laughs> You because watching the anime, whatever. There's so much like that. Like it gets dark. Like it's not scared. Like a yes. kids show in America wouldn't do that. And so there are a lot of like childhood traumas being explored in these backstories, and it's yeah. wild to see that. Um, what the arc of the show? East Blue, Mike, mm-hmm. is to establish the world, but to mm-hmm. let you see the darkness on the edge of it. And when you read the rest of one piece and accept the full darkness that it is, I mean, mm-hmm. it really, it's, it is, it's part of the reason I just savor it so much. It is, it is such a, a sinisterly sweet story right, with I, things like these and examples all throughout. Yeah. Cause Luffy, sure. if, if it gets darker from here and he maintains this spirit and belief, it's like, that's you realizing the world isn't what you thought it was. But if you can maintain that childlike vigor, right. And believe in yourself, you might, you just might come out the other side. Okay. I think that's really important what this is working with like thematic, thematically. Well, I, I just think about all of our attainable dreams. The three of us mm-hmm. moved out here to California on some sort mm-hmm. of whatever to do whatever. Um, the grand line. Behind the grand line and had dreams. We had something yeah. we set out on, and it is something to critique and say, like, the world did change around us. Maybe things have gotten darker. Maybe they haven't. Maybe you've gotten more self realized. Maybe you've, you know, just grown more in the world and have just a better understanding of it. But it's also beyond your control. And there is something to say about sticking to following the dream in the face of all that. Yeah. Well, I think That's Luffy like in 101. Yeah, yeah, it's a good it's a good thing for kids. It's a good message for kids to see because Luffy is yes. a good role model where you know, not everyone who follows their dreams will accomplish their ultimate dream. And that's just the the reality of life. But mm-hmm. if you if you're told as a kid that you can do anything and you believe that, then that's going to drive you to have more ambition later in life, I think. So yes. yeah, he's a positive positive role model. Yeah. Again, people, he will yeah die at certain points not Jeez. die die but there will be moments where Anime he thinks die. he's about to get his head cut off and he will smile and say at least i tried like that yeah. is sort of the overwhelming point of it yeah we do get some of those lines where he's like you know i am willing to die arlong because <laughs> i'm right. trying for my dream that's why you know it's it's really when cool. they in this particular arc we meet someone who is confirmed the world's greatest swordman, Dracul Mihawk, who mm, yeah. is part of a government organization that gives him special privileges that even though he's a pirate, 
he can operate. Now, this is based on the 18th and 17th century practice of privateering, Uh, where you had people like Sir Walter Raleigh, who were hired by the queen to go do pirate stuff yeah. and that it's like Against well other at least you yeah. <laughs> at least you're doing it to spanish boats and it's like yeah, yeah. well interesting <laughs> it's basically governments hiring criminals to do criminal stuff to other yes. nations nations that they're yeah. competing privateering with. Yeah. it's yeah, it's well, absolutely it's incredible it's interesting we, you know very interesting history maybe we'll talk about that yeah maybe, yeah maybe maybe we'll yeah. see a lot of privateering <laughs> pirates but now, yeah, yeah, Keith Richards. Yeah, you you meet someone like Dracula who has this associated title. He literally is the world's most famous swordsman. You get Zorro doing this duel, saying, "I know who you are. I have to fight you." And you have everyone else on the crew saying, "Luffy, you must tell him he cannot do this because it is a death sentence." Mm-hmm. And you get Luffy saying, "This is great. This is the thing he was going. This after is what he wanted." Because the flip side or, you know, the way that the angle he is coming out of it is, don't you understand? His dream is right there. I would love if the One Piece was right there, too, because then I would grab for it regardless of the danger. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love it. There's there's a thing in the book, maybe for the anime, when they're fighting the unicycle guy and Buggy's going to do a two-on-one against Zoro and Luffy just grabs his hand. He's like, stay out of Zoro's fight. This is a 1v1. We're, they're letting them do this, you know? That kind of energy, I love it. And Zoro does get dooskied, but Mihawk respects him enough. And it's like, he vows at that moment, I will never lose again. We get this proclamation where a man Mm -hmm. cries to another young man that he just met and says, like, basically without saying it, because you follow your dreams, I will follow my dreams too. (laughs) Which is like, I feel like I've had moments like that with my best friends in my life. So I don't know. It's powerful. It works on me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to see these characters rubbing up against like the the harsher parts of society, and just to defiantly be like, "Fuck you, I'm gonna do my dream." Like nothing yes. will talk me out of this. Like yes. nothing will discourage me. And like you know, people get discouraged. I get discouraged sometimes. Life's hard, you know, from time to time. And just to have that energy, I'm like, "Damn, Luffy, get me on board." That's why I'm watching the anime now. I'm like, I need more of this energy. It's like it's important. It's infectious. Um, so good job. But I guess to continue with the show, now we figure out what's going on uh, with Nami. Once we leave the Baradier, we get Sanji uh, yelling at his Well, buddy. That's a very sweet scene, too. Yes, <laughs> I, and here, I love man. the send-off. Again, yeah. I love having Skylar Aston as the Sanji character, him joining the crew. Now, Mike, yeah. we get – this is, again, very different. In the anime, you saw the Don Craig stuff. I mean, yes. it's it's – hinted at here we yeah. get it, it's sort of homage to when that's what mihawk is wasting his time doing then he gets this mission from garp again it's all jumbled but I, I really like to have mihawk for like a second yes like literally it's, it's fine out. it's perfect fine Great. and it's Love awesome it. it hints at something yep. greater yeah right exactly and he looks incredible <laughs> yeah yep. it's all i need i like yep. he has no, a spanish conquistador kind of theme uh catholic theme he has like a cross and stuff yeah. giant yep. cross sword very interesting character yeah. i love to see Why? it yeah Why? Sanji's a good fighter i like when he's fighting you can just see platter. all the influences that odasan is mm-hmm. combining here you know and taking oh, yeah. different things We're taking an interpretation of like western pri- pirating culture and then he's putting his japanese kind of spin in his own Showing yeah. vibes on it. It's cool to see all that stuff mashed together. But his name is Dracula. Like his name is Dracula <laughs> right. Mihawk. And literally, yeah. I'm not kidding, guys. Sometimes he'll be like, and this character is 
Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. And you're like, really? And he's like, yes. Yeah, well, Django right. was okay. Michael Jackson with a hypnotizing yes. thing. Yes, he was. He would Django only walk backwards. Yes, that was yes he would. He, he only walk. That's the whole, he's a character that's written out, Jake. It's incredible. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> he was helping the Black Cat crew. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, so we go, uh, this is now where we get to the Arlong arc. They kind of show up at the Broadway. The, the, yes, the mermen have showed up by this point and we've sort of seen them. Now, what are we thinking, guys? We get some prosthetics of our, our other race and there are a ton of other races in One Piece. So this is like something it. they kind of need to nail. Yeah, I think they look I think great. it looks great. Yeah. I, I like it's the, practical. Again, the guy that plays Arlong, he's doing great. Like, yes, he's, he's a charismatic villain type and like, yes, he's killing it. He's intimidating. Yeah, uh, it's a black actor, which is important. I feel personally, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they would have to cast all men, mermen like this going forward, but the mermen in particular versus the fish people who are another, or the mer people are sort of a subset we'll meet as well. Mm -hmm. Um, are allegorically the slaves of this universe, or at least predominantly uses the slaves. And, I think it's important to to sort of showcase that subtly with that casting. And I think the guy who plays Arlong fucking kills it. I, again, yeah. dude, you imagine he shows up to set every day. He gets made into a sawfish fish man. He walks mm-hmm. out. He goes, great. Where's the rest of my crew? Two other goofy guys. Uh-huh. Up. He's like, great. Let's go terrorize a little girl. And I got to say the craziest stuff possible. You're like, Absolutely. wow. Yeah. No, it's great. I love Arlong. I think like you said, like they're he's he's rebelling against, you know, the structure that was oppressive to him, to the you know, fish yes. people. Like the society would yeah. Um enslave them. And so he's like, I'm gonna push back and we're gonna take over the entire East Blue because fuck you guys, fuck all humans, yeah. right? Which bad response to trauma to take you know, fuck everybody, but you know, he's he's but it's understandable he's a, where it's he comes reverse from. racism. You're right. racist against me, well, hurt fuck people, humans. hurt people. And you're like, oh, yeah. and he has yeah. that scene mm-hmm. with the uh, the marine captain where you know, uh, he's like, you know, you're uh, smarter than 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 I give you credit for. He's like, why? Because I'm a fish man. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's great. No, it's good. And then um, the backstory with him and Nami now, like that's a whole ass thing yes. too. We the find Nami out why arc. she's been stealing. This is probably the fucking most affecting emotional stuff yeah. in the show. The Nami stuff is tough. It's, I thought executed really well too. Yes. Yeah. Emily Rudd crushes it here. No relationship yeah, to she's great. Uh, Paul. Doesn't seem like. <laughs> no, but she's great. Um, yeah. So, so the deal is... What you know, Arlong basically destroyed her village, raided her village. He he shows up to a bunch of places and he says, "You guys owe me protection money. If you can't afford it, I'm gonna fuck you up." They couldn't afford. He's it an once. orphan. Yeah. She was uh, pur- purchased. She was found by a woman named Bellamere along with her adopted sister Nojiko. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Arlong comes to terrorize their village, he must pay, or I'm sorry, these these people are extorted to pay per person of the home. She Bellamere refuses to not acknowledge that these girls are daughters. This is obviously a whole trigger thing for her, that these adopted kids don't feel mm-hmm. like they're her flesh and blood. They are. She will show that by sacrificing her life, which yeah. is one of those perfect, like, anime, 100% resolve, where you're like, that's very heavy-handed, but boy, it's also very effective. I there's love also, it personally. There's the trope of if you're an anime mother with a ponytail, you're probably not making it. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> so, no. Sorry, you should have changed your hairstyle. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, that's... And the, 
Well, the yeah. thing is, is that Nami is then absorbed in the crew because she shows a talent for cartography. She mm-hmm. is a great map maker and navigator, something yeah. fishmen are naturally bad at. Uh, so Arlong is more than happy to find himself a pet good human to mm-hmm. absorb into his crew. And he has basically been making her work her way up as a lieutenant uh, at the cost of her lovability for the village she is being turned on by the very people she is attempting to save yeah she's trying to earn money by joining Arlong's crew to eventually pay him off to get their village freed but everybody in her village thinks she's a big traitor you know she she has this pain you know she wants to help everybody she can't say why she's doing what she's doing so there's that whole thing and then at the end she of can't it, trust any pirates she cannot trust anyone who is not herself Certainly not a guy in a straw hat who keeps saying what his dreams are out loud. And that I am going to be the best pirate because pirates ruined her life. You know, and she's yes. still being her life is actively still being ruined by a group of pirates. Yes. Right? So, yes, I get where she's coming from. But the big thing here, I didn't see this coming, but the reveal with uh, Nezumi, you know, she's kind of confronted with um, her sister. You know, why did you leave? You know, we, we kind of do that. But then when the Marines come and it's like, guess what? taking all your fucking treasure like she was so yeah. close yeah uh, she's and that's the, a very famous she scene. Has this breakdown yeah when she stabs her tattoo mm-hmm. right and, and yeah that scene was great and she's just like at the it. end of her rope right she's she's like branded as a child scene. when yeah. you guys again say what pirating represents to her it's what it represents the ugly part of herself she literally wants to cut a piece of herself out she stopped mm-hmm. by this person she has started to trust And for the first time ever, she says, help me. She asks for help. And in the anime, it's just supposed to be, and in the manga as well, one big deep breath takes a couple steps. Of course. course Mm -hmm. And this, it's him screaming again. Of course, I will help you. Of course, I will help you. It's great. It's effective. It's, it hypes you up. I'm watching it. I'm going like, fuck yes, go kill Arlong. And a lot of the time, I will say this real quick. Fans of One Piece say, so this is why I think this is so important for it to be the final thing adapted in the anime, that if you get up to the walk to Arlong Park, which is what this particular moment is called after Mm -hmm. the stabbing where the crew gathers and walks to the oncoming battle, and you are not resonating with the story, stop. That is the point where you can say, it is not for you. Mm -hmm. But if you give it enough attention up to that point, and you find something in the storytelling, I promise you from then on, it is just going to reward you a hundred times. I mean, it will just compound and compound. It's incredible. Yeah. When they all show up at the gate, like we're ready to fight some fishermen Mm -hmm. and I love it. And they all have their, you know, different fighting styles. I mean, again, a great, great choreography in this last episode. And, and Zoro uh, is supposed to be like not even able to walk by this point. And yeah, he got it. like he is seriously yes, he's supposed to be just yeah. like dying <laughs> and still like easily killing people though. And you're like Zoro, like Oda San mm-hmm. has got on to say like I didn't really write it in the first part of the story, but like when Luffy meets Zoro, Zoro's probably ten times stronger than Luffy is at that point. Like <laughs> Zoro is maybe the strongest character in the East Blue by this point. Sure, right. Of course, he's been training incredible. all his life to become yes. this the best swordsman in the world. So because as yeah. we learned, yeah. his childhood friend passed away. He's uh, you know the yeah, white it's very sword. Very sad. And, 
yeah you know handed Tuina, which in the anime we do learn in the manga as well that the accident is she falls down a flight of stairs which people call uh she falls down the stairs that she was oh. defeated by down d stairs down d stairs <laughs> okay gotcha <laughs> jeez rip but um yeah very badass this this is like like i was already sold but we've been building momentum and like you're just like yeah, fuck Arlong, dude. Like I'm, I'm, I'm Arlong, enraged. Dude. And he gives her the hat, and it's a, a change of day to night. I think effective change of the timing yes. of that scene, and like the handing of the hat's a big deal because that's it. Nobody touches my hat, you know. But it is my treasure. They should have. I wish they would have done like a cutaway anime style to say my hat is my treasure. You know, she needed to. They needed to hit that moment, I think, at least five more times for that episode to really make it strong that he gives the hat up to her. Yeah. But it was good. I liked it. Yeah, because we have her repairing the hat and stuff, too, which is nice throughout. So it's been in the series. In a binge, it probably hits heavier than in the episode in a vacuum. But this battle yeah. is great. Some of the choreography is great. The I don't know. I haven't seen the battle yet in the anime, but the, the pillars and bringing down the house and stuff. It's like, dude, like, come on. It's so sick. When yeah. he realizes that he's not fighting Arlong, he's fighting the prison that Nami was shackled to. He is fighting her dark past. He, let, that, he took him off when I was light, 12. It was a birthday Yeah, gift. man. Candy. Shit. God. Shit. God, the worst. The worst. Mm-hmm. Like he has worse, bulletproof though. skin, that's... so Luffy has to think outside the box, you know, and yep. that's how you do it. Yep. We'll just bring this whole thing down on top of you then. Your whole empire will crumble beneath it, you know. Um do you guys understand, sorry, real quick, that him just getting splashed with water, that is not the weakness of a devil fruit. That is, do you guys understand that? I do, but no. maybe because okay. I watched the I don't show. Know what you, you could break it down. You mean when, so Dracul like dumps him in the water and then Sanji saves him? Like, is that what that you're talking about? That is his weakness. And if you recall Buggy as well, drowning him in seawater where he puts him in like a magic trick tank and, you know, mm-hmm. it slowly starts to I was that wondering is, like why... Like when 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 Mihawk dumps him in the water, like why couldn't he just swim out of it? So if you take a devil fruit, you cannot swim anymore. The sea oh, makes okay. you so weak that you cannot move. But the if ocean, yeah, but they should have explained that you. better because I did they not very that. much should have. Yeah. And mm. the thing that I wanted to point out though was there's a difference with just Arlong splashing him. That is supposed to be fishmen are so strong they throw water like bullets, and if you're right. just splashed with water. That's not going to sap you. It's the still water of the sea. If you stand in an inch of it, the inch in the water is paralyzed. If you're showering in it, it's passing over you. You're not necessarily okay. getting your strengths. Yeah, so, they right. could explain Important that better. Like that Mihawk thing was a big moment. And I was like, wait, why does he just not swim? And then Sanji dives in and saves him. It's like this big thing. And I was just, I just mm-hmm. didn't understand that. So yeah. that's something that's going to make a lot of sense. Hit harder. Yeah. yeah. Which is, a, it's a great thing to have in a pirate show that in order to have these powers, you cannot go in the water and you're constantly yeah, the water surrounded by right. water. Right. Like, it takes guts yeah. just to go out there every day. Yeah. Right. So um, it should be explained a little bit better. But, Makino gives that story where she says, well, the sea will reject you, where she says to Luffy in his flashback when he first mm. uh, bites the devil fruit. But again, that's eight the hours wording she's using. Yeah. And it's a, like the sea will reject you. It's like you need to say out loud, you cannot swim ever again. You know, you like you need to lay these things out. Buggy right. could have underlined it, too. Like, ah, yes. you can't fucking do shit more clearly. Well, anyway. and for Buggy, I mean, the two of them are the only devil fruits we see. There really should have been a conversation of this is the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
even in the show, like if you watch it vanilla on Netflix, the anime, they don't really explain the devil fruit. People talk about him, but they don't explain it till later. But yeah. then in the one pace, they explain it right up top. These are the rules yeah. of the devil fruit. These are the pros and cons. It's like, thank you. Yeah. But a minor nitpick for what's otherwise a fantastic show. Uh, yeah. Would you guys rather eat the, uh, of the two you know now, the rubber or the chop? Hmm. Rubber, probably. I still think rubber. Do Mr. Fantastic. You don't want to yeah. just be like a bunch of separated like little fingers. <laughs> I could like no, be cooking too over easy there for someone and uh, working. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. You, I, like you could get away from stuff though. If somebody tries yeah. to, I don't know, do something to you, you just go That's like, true. no, I'm over here now. It could have benefits, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I take whatever one I can get. I don't go to the ocean anyway. So you would eat one though. If it meant you couldn't swim anymore. <laughs> Yeah, if, with the amount of times that I swim now anyway, yeah, I think it's worth yeah. it. <laughs> Give me a devil. Yeah. Same, Jacob. Um, it is interesting for a pirate because you would think that swimming would be potentially important for being a pirate, but I it guess it's a is. good trade-off. You yeah. have to sacrifice that whole part of it, yeah. Yeah. Oh. The sea, is mother sea. Is there anything we're missing on this last episode before maybe we roll over to the last thoughts on this great, great series? Just that, you know, Garp and the Marines show up in the end. They have this confrontation where they finally kind of meet head to face to face and then mm -hmm. there's a fight and then um he's like basically like i was kind of testing you this whole time like i knew i wasn't gonna be able to change your mind because right, you're so stubborn fight. it's pretty like yes yeah serious now the most critical um uh review that i saw of of one piece live action was that and I probably not from a fan, but the person saying, well, if Garp is a vice admiral of the Marines and they're the ultimate bad guys, doesn't that take away any of the danger? Isn't he automatically going to get these get out of jail free cards going forward? I mm. disagree with that a little. I think this fight does showcase the clashing of ideologies coming to a head where they just say, like, well, I guess that's it. I'll see you out there. Like it, yeah, it, yeah. it is going to be a struggle, but it's it's not necessarily that either of them are going to be pulling any punches going forward. It, no. Would you guys feel either way? I don't think he would want to kill Luffy, but he wants like he wants Mihawk to bring him in alive, right? Um, but maybe in the future, I don't know. He's still going to want to join me, and we can rule the seas as grandfather and grandson. Like he's going to want to do that, yeah. and Luffy's going to resist it, and it'll be an ideological battle. Very yeah, Star Wars, right? Yeah, you know, Sea Wars. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just, I just really like this show. I, and now once I get, I can't believe point, it happened, bro. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll say this and then we can go to final thoughts. But once I get to the point in the anime where I've seen up to whatever this is, I think I'm close, then I'm going to rewatch the show live action just because mm. I have more knowledge. Like I, wow. I'm loving it. So anyway, um, but that's the plot. That's the eight episodes that we got. And, uh, we're going to go over to the end of this show. Uh, that'll be the next spot. So catch you on the other side. <laughs> Gummo gummo, see you in a bit. We're back here on One Piece. The adventure comes to an end. We put our maps away. Um, uh, we head to our crow's nest and mm -hmm. get ready to say goodbye as we're finishing up giving our final thoughts here on the live action Netflix adaptation of Etra Oda's One Piece. Yeah. Um, I'm rolling guys, I'm so out. happy. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're going to put our feet yeah. up on it in a little bit. Not yet, but yes, we, I got and it over. Proclaim right. our dreams. Another moment where I'm like, well, this certainly won't work. And then you have <laughs> Skylar Aston turn to the camera with the biggest grin possible. Hey, what if we did something cool real quick? Uh-huh. Just like, yeah, like sets it up and you're like, wow, it is working. I love yep. it. And Luffy And when they put their feet hats. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like to think that because Sanji puts his foot up first and he has like the kicking style of fighting. Mm-hmm. So I was like, he's just using his foot because that's what he does. And then I like to think Luffy just went with it and then just the rest of them just went with it. And <laughs> this all put is their the thing. Feet yeah, he's right. like, what are you guys doing? Now put your hands in. This is my thing. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I didn't think about that. It's a nice touch. But yeah, they all say, you know, what for, a great way to end it. Yeah. They're reiterating what their goals are for season two, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's, and you hope they it's get hooking you for the next season. You want to see more adventures. You see a reveal of someone who I assume is a big character from the anime. Yes, just we shot get a post-credit scene of a white-haired yes. man smoking, which is yes, <laughs> what a could very big be? setup to to what the next arc will be. Yes, he might have a name that yeah, is just we'll smoke, it. But, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> interesting. Uh, and I would love to see where it goes. Again, obviously, the fans' big thing is like. Well, okay, Netflix. Does this mean you're signing up for thirty seasons? Because <laughs> that would be a hell of a well. I think they can. Yeah, they can condense it for this format. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 a bummer that you know uh, Cowboy Bebop was canceled pretty much immediately due to mm-hmm. negative fan reaction, and yep. um, which is you know Netflix. You got to give these shows a little chance to maybe find an audience because they spent so much time making Cowboy Bebop. And then to cancel it like the week after it premieres, it's like, well, you didn't even give anyone a chance to like really give it a fair shot. Um, but this show, obviously, the reaction is very different. So I assume, you know, they will be making more seasons. Um, how long can you go? I mean, obviously, these characters are going to age the more seasons you do. So are you going to have like a 30 year old Luffy still going around trying to find the ones the that are skip? Yes. Yeah, there is a time skip. And I will just say we're probably about six years away from the story wrapping up. It's now headed into what it calls its final chapter, which will not be brief. Gotcha. So if they're going to finish it's a lot like uh, to Bloodborne it up and make it about the thing that I know again. (laughs) uh, It's a lot like Hunter Hunter. Um, You know, Luffy is a lot like Gone, very shonen uh, protagonist, very naive but optimistic following his dreams loves food that's yes. a big character thing for why Gon as well why do all shonens like to eat food a lot why is because that because Goku did right Goku does Tariko does Naruto does is it just like Luffy an impulse does, thing Gon like does. I'm just impulsive and like free of spirit yes. I don't know but it might yeah. be what's the Goku bleach kid's name can what oh, is his bleach. name I think his name is bleach, bleach. Is that's right. I don't know bleach does it too yeah, yeah bleach it's, does it look it's a trope, yeah. but yeah. It's a trope, but Jacob, the main criticism I always see about anime that, again, I read in like an AV Club article, I always love mm-hmm. to reference it because I think it really was crystallizing for me, where somebody says, an anime is only as good as its protagonist. You can like every side character on the planet, mm-hmm. but if you don't mm-hmm. like the protagonist, it doesn't work. I think yeah. you particularly shouting out Inaki Godoy to start this thing Yes. doubles down that this story really only works if they nail Luffy. And again, 100%. I think they did here. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think the whole thing falls apart. If you, if you don't cast that, if you, if you don't cast the right person in that role, like I don't think it works as well as it did. And um, yeah, again, 
check out Hunter. Hunter, mm-hmm. if you do like One Piece and you want you know to check out something similar, because I mean that's a long running manga as well. I haven't checked out the manga, but uh, it's been going for many years. the The central mystery of that is Gon wanting to find who his father is. So there's this mysterious parentage thing, which I think Luffy might have to with his with his grandfather mm-hmm. and everything. And um, again, you get a dark world through the eyes of a child, an optimistic child-like character uh, mm-hmm. who's seeing. But you know, there's there's these dark realities going on that he doesn't quite understand yet. So it reminded me a lot of of Hunter Hunter, I'll say. And that's a show that I enjoyed a lot when I was watching it. And maybe I will watch, you know, the anime of One Piece. Or maybe I'll do one pace, you know. Like I recommend one saying, pace highly. Mike, you should. Obviously, um, I purchased all the episodes before I did. Yeah, that, but, right. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't have, you know, I can't watch thousands of episodes. But, it's forty-five percent uh, shorter overall. Okay, a thousand hours of your life will be saved. And then there's all these movies, these standalone movies on Netflix and stuff. There's been so many of those made, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's a lot, but it's it's. I definitely was a big fan of this show. Like I said, maybe I will give Cowboy Bebop a chance because I was skeptical about these live action. I kind of feel the same way about like the Disney live action adaptations where it's oh, like, yeah. what is, does this need to be adapted? Like what, what, what are we is doing the here? need to adapt it? Right. Other than to make money, I guess, but which is the ultimate need of all things apparently, but they did a great job with this. I thought season one was excellent and I'm definitely looking forward to more seasons. Nice. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it hit me at the exact right time. Like, you know, I figured I would never start oh, One Piece. Are pirates a big part of your life right now, Mike? <laughs> uh, Orions are a bigger part once we get Lower Decks back. But, you know, I wouldn't like to say that they're all right. pirates. But um, mm-hmm. uh, they're starting to become a bigger part of my life, I think, for the next couple months. But no, more just the, the shonen energy. Because, you know, world's world's kind of not great right now for a lot yeah. of reasons and uh it's easy to get cynical i get cynical sometimes and just to see yeah. luffy and godoy just like nope nope nanaki's like nope we're just gonna believe right. it and i'm like maybe i'll believe it you know what so yeah i love it i'm doing the anime now i highly recommend that um, i feel the same too you know i yeah. i can be cynical i can be jaded and uh you know it's good to remember that Sometimes you just have a have a positive attitude. You have to believe in yourself and believe in your dream, right? Yeah, because everything else is going to tell you you can't do it. And if you buy into that, it's to surrender. And I, so I like when Luffy calls out these other characters like, you don't believe in your shit hard enough. I can see it. And that's yes. why I'll defeat you and I'll be the king of pirates. Yes. And it's like, damn. Right. Yes. So I think that's really important. It's not like I thought I aged out of shonen shit, but I think I need it sure. more now than ever. You know what I mean? I Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That energy. I'll- I'll answer that with my vinyl thoughts, Mike, mm-hmm. and say, like, I don't think it's ever left me from hitting it so young because it's when I say, like, that I treat this like a religious text, that's mm-hmm. a funny thing to say. But I think that anything you're drawing moralistic integrity or choices right. from is something like that. Mm-hmm. And when I in, in high school had friends laugh at and say well you know colin you did the theater stuff you want to get a film degree i would like to do that too but good luck i'll be taking the safe route and getting my dental degree or something i part of me would think in the back of my mind 
well, Luffy would laugh at you because you are not following your dreams. And I know that's like a right. silly thing to say, but it Dog. is something that no, influenced my life. Yeah. For um, a kid to be, <clears throat> to see that message, I think is important. Yes. It's important to me we, as an adult. <laughs> we had an incident a while ago, Jacob, where somebody was not being very kind to one of our friends and I got in a little trouble because I sort of would not back down with my antagonistic behavior to this person for how they were mm. treating a friend of ours, uh, which, again, came from a very one piece place of my mind of the Shanks lesson of you can mess with anybody. You can mess with me. Do not mess with the people that I care about, because right. that is very yeah. foolish. And again, to to pretend that, like, you're not important to me. No, I will flip you off and say, fuck you, because, you know, fuck you. You're right. messing with something I care about. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what um, you're talking about specifically, but maybe we'll talk about it off pod. But, but um, I yeah, don't fuck with my people. Absolutely. I'm yeah. surprised that, you know, this is such a big part. Like, I know you've mentioned mm-hmm. it before, Colin, as being like one of your favorites and everything. But I had no idea that it was that important to you because it's not something you talk about a lot in no, detail with, with no. us. And right? I would say, you know, no active merch around me that I can see. I think I have right. like a pendant of Luffy, Sanji, Zoro, and Chopper that's up on my pin board right here just because I love those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not necessarily going to wear this out on my sleeve. It's always been to me more of a something of if you know, you know, and if you don't, you don't. I work with someone right now, uh, a, a young lady from Germany. Uh, who's a good friend of mine who mm-hmm. you guys won't believe this. Where is the anime the most popular in the world? It's not Japan. It's not America. It's France. France mm, really? developed like the number one fanship for one piece in the world because of the cartoon. They're like Tintin. It's like a yes, modern. Exactly. Of yes, exactly. Yes, wow, it is. It truly of, is. Yeah. Uh, but so this young woman who's 10 years younger than me, said something where she says like, well, you know, like talk about having a crush on a cartoon. My first crush was Zora where I said, Oh, excuse me. Are you a one piece fan? And she said, no, I'm the biggest one piece fan. And I said, no, no, no. You're talking to the biggest one piece oh, fan." where wow. it is sort of this thing where it's like, again, if you know, you know, or if you don't, you don't, I'm not going to push on anybody. It is like, what I like about it is what I like about it. And Joe, former host of this podcast a million years ago said to me when we were living together, where I was kind of pushing to him that is my favorite thing on the planet, where he said, well, not even what makes it so good. Like, what do you just like truly like like about it the most? And I kind of broke it down to say, like, imagine if there was one comic book. It's not Fantastic Four. It's not The Avengers. There's one comic book called Marvel, and it's a thousand issues, and it follows maybe just the X-Men. Like, they're the core people. But every hundred issues or so, they bump into Spider-Man or somebody else where you're like, fuck, that's a great character. I would love to see Spider-Man again. He's like my favorite character ever. (laughs) Right. You wouldn't know in your mind, oh, I'm missing out because I don't have a thousand Spider-Man spinoff books or something else. No. With One Piece, you have that. Every character is interesting. Every character has depth. You'll get a two-second flashback for one character where they reveal... Well, I'm the way I am because everybody in my town voted to eat every child, and I'm the only one that escaped. And you're like, wait, what? (laughs) That person's the villain, and then they'll lose, and you'll be like, wait, no, but I care about that person now. It will Mm -hmm. do this thing where, again, it's so richly written that you would never for even a second say, well, I wish I had a Zorro spinoff that was – 
30 chapters of the backstory right. of Zorro. You don't want that or need that, truly, because you don't even know that that's an option. And if you had it, you, you again, you wouldn't want it. This is one singular story written by a mad genius who, not in a vindictive way, but truly the more and more it gets popular, the more he goes, well, there's got to be a way for me to break you guys. You can't like it if I do this. And you're mm-hmm. like, no, I but guess what, buddy? I'm doubling down. I like it more. And he's like, really? It's <laughs> it's a shocking ride to be a part of. And again, wow. I haven't missed for over 20 years. <laughs> no, he's always been That's with great. you. Luffy's been yes. a companion, yes. right? And, and Mike, I had a very serious surgery about seven years ago where mm-hmm. it wasn't a question about whether or not I was going to die. But one of the thoughts in my mind was it would be pretty sad if I went under and never woke up again and didn't get to know the end of that thing that I've been reading for like <laughs> I need to get, 15 right. fucking one, years. Yes. Want the one piece ending. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, that's like Hunter Hunter where they one day will reveal Gohan's dad. Uh, Why? Is sure. what they, right. Is what they say. But who knows when it'll end. And again, you, Game of Thrones you know, people have been waiting for the ending of A Song of Ice and Fire since the 90s. And, yes. you know, more and more every year, it's looking more and more like you won't get that ending because just due to the realities of how old George R. R. Martin is and that kind of thing. So these long running stories. Those, no, no, no. But those fans are going to be susceptible to jump the ship moments. And I truly believe that I never will. It's gotten there for a lot of people very recently in the last year where maybe it seems like it's leaned a little more towards the he was always the chosen one story. But even that I would refute. And I I have so much faith in this guy that I just trust we're on this ride and it will come to the conclusion that it does. And I'll say narratively too, characters in this world have flat out said to Luffy, do you want me to tell you what the one piece is? Like characters that like do know. Mm -hmm. And he goes, no, because I would still like to go on the journey. <laughs> and wow. it is one of those things where you almost feel out of being like, look, I have to address this to the audience. I know that everyone who started reading this is an adult now. You can't take the shortcut. We have to be in it for the long haul. It's about the journey, not the destination. Yes, right? But that said, so many people have also said to him, you're not going to do the thing where the one piece is revealed to be the friends you made along the way. And he has said, no, it is a thing. And one piece where you're just like, you all, wow. All right, right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, 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 oh, no. So we'll wow. see. I'm just we so happy see. that this is being received well. Again, yeah. one piece, I, mean, I watched anime. Like, I'm, I'm a fan of anime generally. I'm not crazy about it, but I'll watch series. You know, JoJo's Attack on Titan era. I was more into it, whatever. But one piece was so daunting because I'd never started it. It's a thousand episodes. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to touch this thing. And this show completely flipped me 180. I've watched the, this arc three times, three different ways, just to see how it right. tastes. And um, I'm just, I'm just excited for the number of uh, family dinners that are going to be less awkward now. So someone's mom will sit down. So how about that Mihawk and like a kid that's like finally, like you know the thing wow. I'm talking about again. But Mike, <laughs> if you told that little boy in 1997 that parents ever could do that. I mean, yeah. the world has changed. That's that's all I wanted to say about this whole podcast. The yeah. world has changed, and I'm so excited for where we are now in this aspect. Yes, yeah. there's some good. Pay these people. Get the yes. strike wrapped up. Please pay, pay everybody so we can make more it, of this. From the word, right. the showrunner was like, we're done. 
two weeks after the strike wraps, we could start production. So I, so I would written. love, yeah. yes. Yeah. Let's well, they, get it going again. The cowboy bebop of it all, where they tried with that show. It wasn't well received. Um, and again, that's such a beloved single season of anime where it's mm-hmm. like almost untouchable of like, yeah, this is yeah. like a sacred text in yeah. one piece. You know, the manga might be that for you, Colin, but it's also like, there's a lot more material so you can condense it and take the most interesting kind of parts. Right uh, now I was wondering, cause I might, I might check out, I might watch the live action uh, cowboy bebop now that I've mm-hmm. given one piece a shot. And I knew mm-hmm. one piece would be better because I was watching the, you know, the trailer on YouTube for one piece and mm-hmm. all the comments were, positive i was like that's a surprise if i know anime fans if anything like star wars fans it's impossible to please them right um but all the people are like i was skeptical about the show but man this looks good and stuff so i was like wow but cowboy bebop now that's a show that you guys like to varying degrees right yeah yeah would you recommend that i check that out now here's how i look at it the Cowboy Bebop show, I think, is fun, and it has some good stylistic stuff. There's some cool choreography and cool scenes and neat stuff going on. The yeah. problem with uh, Cowboy Bebop and Death Note is the changes that they made to them were not in the spirit of the characters mm. of the story. They changed right. the spirit of the characters in the story, and everything right. they've changed in One Piece is still in line with the spirit of that story and those characters. So, well, yes. I know there's one major change that you don't like in it's, a, it's a massive change yeah. to what the story and the characters would be. So but I, I was wondering, it's like, not one little. It's a big and, one. But episode to episode, do they adapt like the the more episodic stories? You get a of Pierre LaFleur kind of thing. Yeah, you, okay. there's a little bit of that. So episodic. taking some of those stories, yeah. but maybe not told in the same order, kind of. It thing. seems yeah. much more spirit oriented. Now, again, I have watched the the Death Note, the Full Metal. The mm. the Cowboy Bebop, the Bleach, the whatever Netflix has, they they truly. If you search, they have all this crap. Yep. Yeah. And Jacob, you say, would I recommend any of these? My response is always, what do they hurt? Like, and when people were like, Colin, are you nervous about what they're going to do to One Piece? It's going to ruin it. But I go like, the only thing it's going to do is up the Google searches. And yeah. like Mike said, I can have a conversation with someone who like turns to me and goes like, so how about that? Uh, the Cowboy Bebop. So what is that? Huh? You're just right. like, oh, wow, here we go. <laughs> like, well, that's yeah, why I never had. Who cares? Yeah, I never had anything against the live action Cowboy Bebop. Even as a major fan of the original, I knew like either way, this original is still going to exist. And that's kind of how I feel about all adaptations. I just feel like sometimes they're unnecessary. But if they're done well, then I'm in. You know? I think this yeah. is a necessary adaptation, One Piece, because mm. it was so kind of difficult to get into, especially even if you're an anime fan, it's daunting. You know, like I watched yeah. 300, 400 Naruto's, no problem, but I could not start One Piece. And then casuals on top of that, to get him to check out this thing that's special to so many, many people, this is a necessary one because it's the only way to get him in the door. And now I think a lot of people well, are hooked. Can you guys think? of anything else that was considered unadaptable that they could jump onto now i guess like the brian mm. k vaughn comic book saga a lot of people mm. are like well that could never be made where now i'm like you just do anything like who can't like, do it yeah they said I dune said was unadaptable for a True. long time so yeah yeah now jojo's bizarre adventure after seeing mm. the kuro fight i'm like I, you can do live it. action jojo I, mike yeah. i definitely think i've seen a live action jojo movie that was pretty bad oh no <laughs> so well, I, okay. do, I don't know well, and actually i think mac and ryu might be in one of those as well oh, shoot. <laughs> I, sure. I didn't even know <laughs> those full metal alchemist movies um yeah. people have mixed he feelings is. about those 
Does he play JoJo? No, he plays Okuyasu, the friend of. So he does Diamond is not Crash. Diamond is Unbreakable. That's his like stand. The fourth or fifth one. No, he's stand. Oh, okay. Okuyasu stand. I can't remember his name, but anyway. I guess what I would want next is Hunter Hunter, the, the show I keep bringing up. That you know what? Girl. And um, I've seen a lot of people. I'll just say real quick: the other two anime that I check out pretty frequently. Um, I watch Spy X Family. I know you're not supposed to pronounce the X, Jacob, but I watch <laughs> Spy X Family and I adore it. And then the other thing on the Shonen side, I don't read, but I do watch is uh, Boku no Hero Academia. Hero Academia. Mm, oh, my Hero Jacob, Academia. My that is supposed to get a movie. And a lot of the fans are like, if One Piece did it, we're in safe hands, which I also yeah. think is like a cocky attitude to have where it's like, they're not all going to be good going. No, no. no I, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, the track like record is like, this yeah. is the first good one. But. One out of 10. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that we're committing I mean, to everything's going to be good mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Yeah. The Death Note one, I did see that movie. That was particularly bad. And again, they changed It's truly so terrible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even good actors in it too, like Lakeith Stanfield, yes. but oh, it's still uh, bad. Yes, yes. Um, yes. Biggest waste of Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, I guess uh, My Hero Academia, interestingly, is like the most is one of the most new big ones that I've like. That's one that came out when we were Jujutsu like, Kaisen is big now. Right. That's yeah. the big hot yeah. one. Yes, Chainsaw yes, Man, absolutely. but that's too violent. Chainsaw maybe. Man, One yeah, Punch Man. I would man. love to see a live action Chainsaw Man. One, one Punch, Punch Man. man. Um, yeah. Jacob, I I would love to see Hunter x Hunter because again I'm not familiar with it, but Yu Yu Hakusho, his previous one, yes. I think is about to get a Netflix. Live I like Yu Yu Hakusho as well. Or series, I, I don't know which. I like the uh, they have excellent drip. The characters they all look very mm, great clothes. Nice. So I respect. That's, it's kind of anime live action going for it again. Yeah. Jacob was saying it. Listeners or watchers at home, he's wearing a shirt where Jacob was like, "I could wear this in one piece, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, yes. you could." Do. I that wore this good. shirt. So my new theme for our pirate season i'm wearing these different hawaiian shirts and such and maybe this would be my uh one piece pirate costume um so we're doing september and then september, uh, october and, and then october <laughs> yeah well, we're skipping <laughs> october you're right yeah october october wow i'm proud of us Thank but you. i'm excited and like too. we said normies we mentioned yeah. on earlier episodes we are going to be doing Pirates of the Caribbean as our next long-form long series. Run. And this was kind of the great way to get into the pirating mm-hmm. mood. And maybe, we'll mm-hmm. again, we'll have something next week that can't be found on a map. Hint, hint. Yeah, uh, or, or a treasure of some kind that's not on a map. And it's not I a national boy. one. Don't you dare think I, that. I hate it. <laughs> I can't wait. What better? We get a something great equally good. three people. Yeah. Jeez, um, Amanda. But, I do have to say it's my final, final thought. Because I'm going to be going on a little journey to, mm. uh, you know, for my birthday, I've been planning a trip to go to Japan and wow. uh, I have long flights, which means long time to watch One Piece. But also now I know uh, about this thing that's just like, I can just have a conversation with people now because I never knew anything about One Piece. So now I have this, right. you know, cultural currency that I can trade in just in the there world and, and I'll get the references. And again, to, to yeah. when we're saying like, it's the most popular thing in the world and some somebody listening to this going like, no, it's not. I haven't heard of this. Mike, when you go to Japan, yeah, billboards, sponsors at 7-Eleven and stuff, they were the first. Like greeted the, from the airport the, with them. Like, hey, well, welcome in. The animated One Piece characters, talk about drip, were the first animated characters to ever be featured on GQ magazine. They were for GQ Japan. Like wow. they, 
The characters yeah. in One Piece are treated like like a kid could just like ask his dad like what's Luffy gonna do tomorrow, and the dad would be like, "Well, Luffy's gonna <laughs> like like he's a real person." They're legit right. celebrities. The characters yes. themselves are celebrity status. Yeah, it's, yes. it's incredible. Yes. So it's gonna be cool. Well, to I'm be in the know for once. Yes. yes, I'm happy for you, Colin, as a mega fan that it worked out that people are liking it and it's a win you know so i'm shocked it's a win one piece wow. every text every text that would come in as we're setting these episodes up where you guys are like i'm liking what i'm watching i'm seeing yeah. this, i'm understanding this little stuff i mean more and more i just gotta say oh sorry real quick last easter egg i want to point out again this is just the level of detail these people are putting out in panels of the cartoon and in the anime, I'm sure as well, you will see a character called Panda Man. Panda Man is a man with a panda head. Okay, Sometimes yeah, his body will say the words panda across it written. He's Panda yeah. Man. Panda Man was the first character Oda ever sold for mm. a very popular wrestling manga, which I believe is called uh, Ultimate Muscle here in yeah, America. Yeah, yeah, Kiniku Man. Kiniku Man. Uh, it, they used to hold open contests. Fans write in, submit a character. Otis was chosen. It was the first time he ever made money as a mangaka, right? Creating mm-hmm. character writing and selling it. So he puts in an Easter egg. Sometimes Panda Man will just be in the background of a panel. Now, in Kaya's uh, garden in the uh, Syrup Village, there's a mm-hmm. huge shrubbery bush made to look like a panda that you see multiple times when Zoro is in and out of the well. Again, Dude. the attention to detail. When you're seeing that, you're just like, I'm out loud saying, like, the person who made this likes One Piece. I know that shouldn't sound astounding, but it right. is nice when that occurs. Yeah, they are familiar with the material and they yes. genuinely like it. Yes. <laughs> when passion is applied, look at what can happen, guys. Like, yes. you yeah. actually make an effort. But what's good is the people who grew up with this stuff are now in positions where they're making the stuff. And I think we're seeing yes. that with the video game movies. And things, so it's great. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad, Colin, that I like this. I, I'm upset with myself for not seeing it sooner. Like, that's how impressed I, I love am to hear wow. One Piece in general. So Got a new, a new convert into the One Piece fandom. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Anime rules the world. Michael B. Jordan is fucking making those Creed fights, be Dragon Ball fights. Like, mm-hmm, all sure. us little kids. Israel that like, I'm telling you, please don't still... beat me up. It's because yeah, everyone it's our like... age was watching it as a kid and is now in a position to like Michael B. Jordan, who's like probably around the same age as us is making mm-hmm. anime inspired boxing yes. movies. And it just makes sense. Yeah. Logan Paul will buy like five tons of Pokemon cards and then like flip them. And you're like, yeah, that's just something a celebrity can do. And they're like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it's yeah. just, it's a wild world. Now. Yeah. Megan Thee Stallion has like anime bars in her raps. Like she's, she's an outed weeb. Like she loves yes. anime. You know, it's, it's great time. Post Malone culture. owns like all those magic, the gathering parts that are like special, right? Yeah. He has he the one keeps ring. Paying, like a million. Only I was, he has the one ring. Yeah. yeah. Only I was rich enough to indulge my niche interests. I well, would. Uh, all we have to do is get to the grand line. Get the one right. piece. You can become some treasure. pirates. I'm Gold Rogers it. treasure. That's right. Then we can buy it. All right. Now, before we go, let's put our foot up on this barrel and declare our <laughs> dreams real quick. <laughs> yep. Uh, to make the best podcast ever. Uh, yeah. To also assist in making the best podcast ever. My dream is to be the greatest normie that's ever lived. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm the most normie of them all. Heck yeah. And you are. And you were. 
the grand normie. Wow. Seti and McShane. <laughs> uh, thank you, normies, for going on this journey with us. We appreciate it. I especially do appreciate it. Thank you guys for letting me kind of ramble. Uh, I'm sure you guys muted me a couple times just so you could get a break. <laughs> it won't yeah. show up on the podcast, we promise. Never. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but please, normies who are listening, hit us up at normies underscore like underscore us, where you can rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, leave your thoughts, write a message that says, Colin, this is my favorite devil fruit. I would eat this one. Or, you know, I've always loved one piece. I'm a little girl from Finland. I love that. Just let me know. I'm very excited to hear those things. Mm-hmm. And also check out our YouTube page where you can watch along. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Uh, all right. Outro? Absolutely. Come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have been your host. This is, uh, well, I'll be, uh, I'll be Brooksy the clown then. <laughs> oh, I'll switch it to, I was going to be Dracula Mike Hawk. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and this is Rora Jacob Zorro. Rora Nora Jacob Zorro. Famous pirate hunter. <laughs> That's right. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to, hunt down some pirates in the next couple months but otherwise we'll catch you next time normies uh gummo gummo bye bye every great fighter says they're what <laughs> finishing moves out that. loud <laughs> says the, yeah goodbye phrase out loud <laughs> goodbye mm-hmm. goodbye Sorry, just cut before i say that yeah <laughs> i'm cutting after you said that i'm cutting right now yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely cut all this right now <laughs> Uh, Arlong, I'm going to cut it all out. All right, bye. (laughs) My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.